What is up, Jabroniacs? It's Anosh McAdam, aka Jinder McAdam, aka the Mac Haraja. Dan is in Japan this week, so we don't have our regularly scheduled programming, but we have something else for you today. We are going into the Patreon vaults, we're going behind the paywall, we are knocking down Gorbachev's paywall to bring you perhaps the most talked about, the most highly touted bonus episode. That's right. The Ready to Rumble review episode. Dan Black, Jason Shibiro, Alex Newman, Cody Ziegler, and myself, we review the 2000 film featuring David Arquette and tons of WCW superstars. And let me tell you, it is sweltering trash. David Arquette is a legend, but this is scorching rubbish. And I implore you, if you haven't seen it, pause the podcast right now, go watch it. I think you can get it on Amazon for like $4 or something. You can torrent it if your moral compass allows you to break copyright laws. I know mine sure does. Watch it, come back, and listen to this episode. It will increase your listening experience exponentially. Dan Black is back next week from Japan. That's right, Donnie Shogun will be in studio. Sergeant Sashimi, a.k.a. the Patreon Udon, will be back in L.A. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Oh, Dan is texting me right now. He's saying that if you are, he's saying that if you're deprived of your Dan Black fill, follow him on Twitter at Dan Black Attack and on Instagram at Dan Black D Black Attack. Uh, One of those two, you'll find him. There's another imposter out there who's like a D Black Attack as well, and that's not him. So look for the real Dan Black if you need your Dan Black fill for this week. He's he's really stressing this to me uh, over text right now. Okay. Stay tuned to the end of this episode. We're going to be playing this week's cash-ins so that none of your wrestling opinions die in vain this week. So stay tuned for that. I think we got a couple of those. Let's stop wasting time. Let's just get into it. The Ready to Rumble review episode. Get into it, guys. Subscribe to the Patreon. We're worth it, baby. Keep watching wrestling. French kisses. Oh, yeah, baby. We got a bonus episode for you. It's going to be spicy. Uh, hello, welcome to the Comedians of Wrestling bonus episode, baby. Hey, thank you for being a patron of this show, supporting us on Patreon.com. Uh, this bonus episode is going to be awesome. Hey, if you are happen to hear this as a preview, you're not a patron. Go over to Patreon.com slash Comedians of Wrestling. If you like what you hear, support this and we will make more content. Hey, the more you support us, the more fire we get, the more juice we get, the more our grassroots grow, baby. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, cool. So this episode, I'm really excited about this. Uh, We are going to be discussing and reviewing the movie from 2000 titled Ready to Rumble, and we're going to do a bunch of episodes about movies with wrestling talent in it, with professional wrestling in it. There are no limits to the movies we will review, but this is the one that we decided to start with because as an Attitude Era era child, teenager, this was the penultimate (laughs) professional wrestling movie. This had all the professional wrestling talent of the WCW. The ultimate one. Brand. What? You mean the ultimate. What did I say? Penultimate. Like Pendulette. Pen, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Absolutely. I mean. Just like Pendulette. Yeah, that's not what I meant to say. My voice is... Oof. Anyway, this was... the this was I, this coming out was a big deal. Hey, let's introduce the panel here. Right. 
Okay, to my left, we got fucking Anosh McAdams. Fucking Anosh. Bienvenidos. Yeah, absolutely. He's Hispanic. All right. Uh, and we got Nasty Newman. How about it? To his left, we got the king of the custom intro, Jason Chibiro. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here on my 17th uh, appearance on the Comedians of Wrestling in a Row. Absolutely. And to his left, Zig the Engineer. I cannot wait to fucking rip this movie a new asshole. <laughs> Leah, let's get into it. Uh, Movie's got a lot of asshole to begin with. Oh, oh God, it's got two very prominent it. assholes. <laughs> Up top. All right, so let's get into this penultimate classic. Uh, ready to rumble. Now, just a couple of facts about this movie that I'll get out of the way. Uh, for, you, for, for you people who love stats, all you WWE heads love the stats. Number 27 is the most winningest spot in the Royal Rumble. No, not part of this. 2000, this movie came out. It was rated PG-13. Pushing the boundary on that. Uh, the budget was $24 million. Wow. wow. And the box office was $12.5 Got ourselves a flop, fellas. 50%. We got ourselves a flop. It was directed by a guy named Brian Robbins. It was starring David Arquette. The premier hack. Scott Kahn. A lot of WCW talent. Joey Pantaleone. Rose McGowan. Martin Landau uh, and Oliver Platt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oliver the Body Platt. Strictly from a talent standpoint, this is a huge departure for all three of those guys. Not yeah. a diverse movie in terms of you know cultural diversity, sure. but well, yeah. diverse in terms of where these actors normally work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Pantaleone was like fresh off the Matrix yeah. this year. That yeah. was, was like having the all movie the fun he did before. Yeah. Okay, so uh, guys, before we get into it, just tell me. Generally, how did you feel about watching this movie? Let's give it a out of. Let's give it. We'll go out of out of moves. Are we doing out yeah. of moves? Yeah, we'll do it moves. Okay. How many uh, moves? What's the five, out of five, out of five moves? Five out of five moves is a perfect movie. Okay. 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 So, uh, no, she'll start first. Uh, t- t- generally, had you would you how you feel about this movie? And how many moves out of five would you give it? Five being a perfect movie. Whole lot movie. of movie. A perfect <laughs> movie. movie. The cow, yeah, uh, the cow. Right. I like the cow barometer. Uh, negative a million, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, but I did. Uh, I like. You know what? I'm a fan of like stupid. No, movies. give it a real rating out of five. It could be out zero. Five, I, I would. I would say uh, two, just because I like some of the '90s nostalgia that's in it. I like some of the stupid moves that are very like '90s esque. Right. That are like they're not funny by any means. They just remind me of old movies that I enjoy. Mm. You know. So I'll give them two for two that, for, for nostalgia. That. Yeah, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Being, yeah. In in Anosha's mind. You'll get two stars just for reminding yeah. them of the good old days. Exactly. Like Shermanator was in there from American Pie. That reminds oh, me absolutely. of the good old days. You know? If you remind a notion of no reason boner, yeah. <laughs> he will give you two stars. Uh, Newman, what up? Uh, I mean, this movie made me feel uh, uncomfortable, unsettled. Uh, I was, uh, uh, I felt like I was in a fever dream at some point. Uh, I give it two, two and a half moves for the 50% of the budget that they made. Back nice. <laughs> two, two and a half yeah. moves. Two and a half moves higher than a nose. Wow. Sounded uh, harsher, but a higher rating. <laughs> Shebs, what do you say? I'm going to go ahead and mark this one down in the loss column. I'm going to give it one and a quarter moves. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, all the big newspapers go quarter star. You're allowed to do quarter stars. So one yeah. and a quarter moves. Sometimes a movie is so bad that it's good. This movie is so bad that it's bad. Uh, mm-hmm. The only reason I'm giving it stars is for the 
sort of impressive performances by a few wrestlers. I think a couple of the wrestlers did all right, and that kind of saved it for That's me. exactly what I was going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Zig, what do you say? I, I'm going to go with Shapiro. I'm going to give it one and a half moves. Okay. One Shabiro, and a half. Shapiro. Which would it be? Yeah, Sh- Shapiro. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, like uh, Echoing what he said, some of the wrestlers uh, did good performances. Also, I was genuinely surprised by how much fun Oliver Platt seemed to be having doing this mm-hmm. job, as well as... Uh, um, uh, was Joe Pantileone, Lone? Joey Pants, Joey, Joey Pants. Pants, and surprisingly Martin Landau seemed to be having fun in this movie as he well. He had a blast yeah, yeah. For, the, for the two dates he was on set. I don't know, you guys fun. might be getting worked. Yeah. <laughs> they might have had a bad time. He was very How Bob many? Barker from uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore. yeah, Happy Gilmore. Zig, what did you give it? How many stars? One and a half. One Moves. and a half stars. Nice to me. Um, I think I will also. I think I gotta go with. I gotta give it two and a half because wow. I because. It, it's it had things I liked about it, yeah. and it had professional wrestling talent that I love in their prime. And this is sealed in the vault, on tape. Got Goldberg bench pressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got things in this movie where I'm like, you know, DDP. You you know, it's got the real WCW belt. You know, and uh, to see just for the fact that I can't, I can't give it less than a fifty percent. I'll give it as close to 50% because it's a high-budget movie. I mean, not high in terms of like $200 million, but $25 million is not a low budget at all for a movie. Yeah. It's a pretty high-budget movie that's about professional wrestling. It's celebrating professional wrestling and tapping into some things that are what I love about professional wrestling in a way that is... Uh, palatable for the casual consumer, right, or the non-wrestling fan. And you guys know I'm all about trying to get the masses to understand right. that mm. wrestling is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would give I give it a two and a half. Sounds um, like you I'm, give it some nostalgia points there. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, nostalgia some points. No reason boner. I points. think yeah, NRBs and uh, <laughs> absolutely. So I think that uh, that's where I'm at. Okay, so I feel like the best way to get into this, let's just dive right into this movie, yeah. and then you guys can you know get, tell me how you're feeling because I can already see in your guys' faces you're fired up to talk, and I think the best way is like let's let's just celebrate this movie from top to bottom and see where you're at. So okay, guys, so um, this movie <laughs> let's kick it off. This movie is about a wrestler played by Oliver Platt called <laughs> 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 Problem the First. Okay. In the beginning it starts out, they establish this guy, Jimmy the King. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy the King is Oliver Platt. Now, for if you haven't seen the movie and you know Oliver Platt's work, you're like, Oliver Platt, you mean the fat guy? <laughs> Oliver Platt? Like, yeah. you know, the out of shape. No, I'm sorry. That's mm. insensitive. The out of shape guy, Oliver Platt. Not at all built like a professional wrestler. Right. right. It, d- did he get in shape for this movie? The answer is very much a hard no. <laughs> no. no. Oliver Platt is in classic Oliver Platt <laughs> condition. Yeah. And he dresses in the least flattering way. <laughs> all black. <laughs> all yeah. black in a king's. King's, uh, I would say, in what a king wears to stroll the castle. Yeah. <laughs> like right? If you're wondering if you're getting Three Musketeers Oliver Platt or Lake Placid Oliver Platt, you're getting Lake Placid Oliver Definitely. Platt. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you guys are, you have those references at the ready. <laughs> imagine. Yeah, everyone knows their, everyone has their faces of Platt. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he plays the king, and it's a corny ass gimmick of he's a king. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And he is. The to the, the so okay you established that he's one of the top 
wrestler. He actually, he is the WCW champion. <laughs> WCW, <laughs> the wrestling federation, exists in this world mm-hmm. in its current form. And WWF did not exist in this movie. Right, There was no. one promotion, wrestling was the WCW, and Oliver Platt was not only the champion, right. they also mentioned that he's undefeated. Yeah, the right. undefeated. He's Goldberg. He's yeah. like the biggest threat that ever graced the stage. <laughs> right, so Oliver Platt, you know, the chubby guy with a beard, <laughs> known for being a cocaniac in movies. And Usually a sloppy detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a businessman who's hard up for funds. Is the He's a better wrestler than Bill Goldberg. <laughs> okay. Um, now, uh, okay, in this movie. Okay, now, okay. We we establish the two markiest dudes, the 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 protagonists of this film yeah. is David Arquette, mm-hmm. which I believe his name is Gordy, Gordy Boggs, Gordy, Gordy, Boggs. Boggs. Gordy Boggs, and his boy Scott Con, who is James Con's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how his, his name's Sean something. Um, anyway, uh, they are the two markiest. They're like thirty year old losers, yeah, <laughs> and they're such hardcore marks of. Jimmy the King. They don't they talk about him to any stranger. It opens up there on a 7 Eleven. They're at a convenience store. Yeah, yeah. Which is where I think you're gonna end up one day. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like standing outside of a gas station <laughs> telling kids about this this podcast. Styles. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast. I mean, you I would, cash in. Just ca- cash in. Cash in. <laughs> I talk about wrestling literally nonstop. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem. I think now at this point, like me, Shebs, and Arlen, I mean, if we're together, we're, what percentage of our conversation is wrestling? Uh, 72.5. High. Mm. High percentage. More High than percentage. half of what we talk about is what's going on in wrestling. And if someone brings up Trump to me, I'm always just like, yeah, he's a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> Guy's a wrestler. He's in the Hall of Fame. What a take. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he's always working it, but he set up these guys. Okay, so they're sitting there. They're bothering a couple kids <laughs> about their b- two kids are on the stoop just trying to go into to a convenience store to buy a Slurpee. These guys are tell- explaining to them how good Jimmy the King is, who's already the champion of right, wrestling. Right. So he's already good. They okay. So, uh, what do you, do you guys have any thoughts about that? Yeah, uh, this so this literally sets the tone of the movie in that the logic and inherent like narrative of the movie makes no sense because I know where I'm jumping ahead, but the movie is like a it bookends, it ends where it begins, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're wearing the exact same costume and wardrobe. So, like, yes. the idea is this all happened. Like, the and if you watch this, you'll be like, oh, this is a story that they're telling, and like what we saw was one giant flashback, although it's established that it's not because we go on the journey. But the, the the wildest thing to me is the random cameo from Ahmed Zappa as like yeah. the, uh, the, the 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 clerk, clerk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. evil Seven Eleven owner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right now they they so okay so these guys are out there they're bothering people and uh, and so well, um Dave Arquette has a, a, what, what I want to say is a, sl- a Slurpee induced dream sequence. Yeah, right? bizarre. He has a Slurpee, right? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he drinks like an off-brand Slurpee. All of a sudden, it makes him dream that he's that he's more aggressive of a person than he normally yeah. is. He becomes a pro wrestler in his right. mind, yeah. right? Like it's a hallucinogenic Slurpee or something. Right. And then he goes into face Frank Zappa's son, mm-hmm. who is an overly aggressive <laughs> jerk. Clerk. Be, clerk. Yeah. Jerk clerk. I didn't want to say jerk clerk. Who's, He's a jerk clerk. Whose right. strongest insult is boob. He, yeah, he, he doesn't right. heighten it past yeah. boob. And he's shot in that, like, he's got that, like, uh, 
fish eye like lens on him Super where he's got that shot, fucking annoying yeah. like like that Ren and Stimpy like face where he's like yeah. you like don't talk to me you know what it is <laughs> it's that parents just don't understand angle yes it's the parents and parents <laughs> just don't understand yeah. yeah which by the way I wrote down a theme of this movie is being scared of your dad <laughs> yeah. uh, which we will get into as we go through but so so he goes into order the Slurpee and Frank Zappa's son is really angry at him and in this fever dream it's got like a purple u he flips him over the counter onto what is a really impressive set yeah it's a set right yeah it's yeah for, that yeah. was crazy yeah it's a set where it's the convenience store but the floor is it's tiled like it's the floor of the convenience store but it's the springs of an actual ring and there are ropes set up around the aisles <laughs> yeah. but the aisles are still there but they seem to like part a little bit like i think it was a moving set like they right. spread and the ring the ropes sort of appeared it was right. maybe the most impressive production value yeah. of the entire movie. Yeah. Arguably more impressive than the actual ring where they fight well, later they, in the movie. Well, WCW already made that ring and had it hanging out. Like, all they right. do is bring the cameras. This, they had to build an interesting set, like a unique, one-of-a-kind yeah. moving piece for the set. Right. It's like, the vision of it is insane. It's like, for, we've just started this movie, and for some reason, David Arquette is... So is is having a wrestling match in the Seven Eleven. So he's having this match, and all of a sudden his tag partner <laughs> is Macho Man yeah. Yeah. Randy Savage, actually him. Yeah. Right. I mean, who who big that, get huge get yeah. Huge who was the 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 lady that was with him? Was that like his tag partner or his manager at the time? I, I don't know. Did you know who that was? I, I don't mean, remember. I, I his... assume it'd be Elizabeth, but I haven't. I no, didn't... it wasn't Elizabeth. She was, yeah. She was no. dead. She's, she's, dead. she's <laughs> not alive at that time. Right. I, I, no, I, no, I, she's I, not I, even I, alive, but she. But that's not Elizabeth. Right. They had a falling out. Um, but Mach looks, first off, think about Macho Man. He's looks like he's juiced to the gills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in his face, he looks like he's going to pop. Like he's going to yeah. have an aneurysm right. on the spot. Like you're like, this guy does not look healthy. Yeah, he looks mid-heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Heart attack. Yeah. yeah, he comes in. They're all beating up Frank Zappa's son, and David yeah. Arquette's having this dream sequence. And um, also an idea that's never revisited in the movie ever again. Right. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't. So it's weird because okay. So what's weird about this to me is like it establishes like David Arquette, which is he's a wrestler, but actually he doesn't want to be a wrestler throughout the whole movie. And even to spoil the end, he doesn't become a wrestler at the end of this movie. For a little bit, doesn't he? A little bit, he does. No, he comes into he comes into like save the day and have fun. Right, but doesn't he tap Scott Con to be his partner? No, Scott Con is the manager. Yeah, he's yeah. A man yeah Scott uh, Con's the manager. Yeah. Yeah. Does this movie now get more stars, more moves for you? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. now it's three stars. Nice. Yeah, okay. There was yeah. some continuity. Oh, okay, all right. So that makes sense. He so becomes he went, uh, right. you know Gordy but, the Law Boggs. But watching it, I didn't feel like Scott Con was like, I wish I was a manager. No, like, watching it, like watching it, I thought David Arquette looks like a little boy douche, and Scott Con's real handsome. What are they doing? First of all, okay, this is Scott like, Con's so handsome. not about this Such movie, a handsome guy. but like, how come Scott Con during this time is two thousand, yeah. right? Two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Why is he not doing action movies at this well, point? Wasn't he, he, looked, he was in uh, Gone in sixty seconds. Gone, wasn't yeah, he? Gone in yeah. sixty seconds. Sure, right. And Ocean's Eleven. God, what a weird time pre nine eleven was. <laughs> yeah, right. They just like, didn't know how to appreciate a young Jewish talent at the time. <laughs> uh, I, he he had the he also had a shirt that I thought was ahead of the time. They're supposed to be losers, but he's wearing a t shirt with a big like a big loop uh, like a big 
Like a neck? deep, like, yeah, like What's a that deep called? V. Not a V, it's not a, a V. A big swoop, like a it's big, a, swoop a, neck, a, plunging a, neck, a plunging neck, a plunging neck crew. Oh, He's got yeah. a plunging crew, and he has the chest hair, and he, he looks like a million bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if anybody, he's the body. Like, if anybody's going to be the wrestler out of those two, right. it should be yeah. him. Yeah, right. Um. Anyway, so okay, they had that dream sequence. It's over. It's, it felt like a way to shoehorn Macho Man into the movie. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and maybe just establish like, oh, wrestling is cool. But it yeah. set. I thought the set. I, I was like, eh, I like this scene. Yeah, I'm gonna say something now and then point it out as I think it becomes more true. I think that that was not only a uh, slurpy induced uh, like fantasy. I think it was like a psychotic break. <laughs> that right. his character had, yeah. and much of what we see in this movie is his his psychosis playing a out. continuation. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> so you, what you're saying is that you think most of this movie is a hallucination from I the point of view of David Arquette's there, character. There are not most of it, but there are portions of this movie that are from his point of view in just mid. Uh, uh, throes of of a mental breakdown. Nothing to do with the Slurpee, just right. full psychosis. Yeah, right. locked up, monognog. So, anyway, let's get it. Now this <laughs> next one. That's, that's, that's what he says. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say one thing. Another yeah. theme of this movie is these guys talk like complete dipshits. Yeah, like, yeah. they're using yeah. slang that no one uses. Yeah. he said it locked up my nognog yeah. about the Slurpee. Right. Like these Same. these guys sound like they're like. Need help, you know, like slower, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, not yeah. great shape they're, people. They're, they're constantly <laughs> defending themselves too. They're like, "We're not idiots. Wrestling fans aren't idiots." But then they do almost exclusively idiotic yeah. things. Right. Some of the worst jerk writing I think you can yeah. find. Pound for pound, some of the worst yeah. joke. I even I using the, the term joke loosely writing. Like, you know that when they were when when the Zappa kid and Arquette were doing that back and forth, you know they they thought they were crushing it with their so, improv. They sure. show it in the outtakes yeah. at the end, and none of them yeah, none are of it's funny. funny. None of it lands. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, I wrote a couple down. I wrote down a couple of the bad jokes throughout this movie that I'll try to pepper in. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there were some really bad jokes in this movie. Okay, so now the next thing we get into, uh, we start hitting on some of the conflict in the movie um, <laughs> outside of the 7-Eleven and two of the themes. One of the theme I already brought up, which is called being scared of your dad. Yeah. That's one of the themes. <laughs> and then the other theme of police misconduct, oh, um, yeah. which is very topical. Flagrant. Yeah. I mean, right now, David Arquette's dad rolls up to the 7-Eleven and sexually assaults Scott <laughs> immediately. Uh, he immediately Scott Con. He knows it's his son's. He rolls up. He knows. Right. Well, it's a reveal that he's David Arquette's dad. Right. He rolls up, throws Scott Con on the hood of the car, and literally grabs his balls. <laughs> and then says, "Like I'm grabbing your balls yeah. right now." Right? Does he? And why does he do that? Because he's a dick. Because fuck the police. Was the logic there like because you probably don't have and I'm gonna grab where there would be balls? No, I don't even I think, think he, he said that. I think he knew that Scott Conn's character had balls. I think he was just giving him a hard time. It was just the cops being hard asses, man. Yeah, but the crazy part is, is his dad kind of has like a theme and an air of homophobia throughout the movie too. I think a lot of people. Yeah, I would argue yeah. the movie has the whole a theme movie. Of a, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think the, the dad just to try to make sense of this fucking nightmare. The dad. I think was hassling, hassling them because he wants them to become cops. Yes, because he was right. like he's like feeling his right. junk, and he's like, "Don't you don't don't you wish you were on the other side of this 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 thing?" Yeah. So he's right. like, he just shows up to where they are and like busts them down so that he can like make them want to be cops. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, his dad comes in, he grabs him, and uh, and he starts shaming his son because his son likes professional wrestling and says like you're not a cop you're he's equating the fact that okay so they established that Scott Khan and David Arquette are 
shit cleaners <laughs> right. for a living, yeah. right? In a comically <laughs> dirty, like, shit, shit truck. Yeah, yeah, they clean porta potties. They clean porta potties. Which, not to jump too far ahead, was left to Scott Kahn's. Uh, character by his dad. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. his inheritance. <laughs> yeah. He inherited, uh, he inherited a shit sucking truck, <laughs> like an old one, a real old one too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is the first. My dad inherited a Norelco used shaver. Yeah. The only thing he got from his dad. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, electric yeah. So that's so better or worse than a shit truck? Better. <laughs> no, no. Worse, worse, worse. worse, worse. Uh, the shit truck is better. You can yeah. sell a shit truck for parts. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. So but they was, drive a shit truck and they they, what, they empty porta potties. They, yeah. they clean yeah. up porta potties. Now this was the first Specific. glaring bit of complete nonsense for me in the movie. Uh, this set off some alarms because the dad was like, you know, you can't just keep watching wrestling and loving wrestling, man. You should be a cop. And then it's like. He, well, his job is cleaning shit. He has a job. So he has uh, yeah. a job. Right. His his job is not a guy who's unemployed and watches wrestling. He has a job. He's cleaning shit trucks. By all accounts, he should become a cop and continue to like wrestling. Right. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. His dad should be saying, hey, I know you like wrestling. Total separate conversation, man. Why don't you stop cleaning shit for a living with your dumb friend who's handsome and start being a cop? It's not that bad of a job. You get to grab nut sacks. Like, let's do this thing. You know what's crazy is that I paid $4 to watch this movie, watch all the way through, and I yeah. just realized that, yeah, he has a nine-to-five job. And like, But his whole yeah, right. like, character arc is that he's a, he's a loser I mean, with no right. work. Which probably yeah. pays... Pretty Tons. well. It's yeah. a union, he's got a union yeah. gig. Yeah. It's a union gig. Right. Yeah. Dream to be so lucky yeah. to have a yeah. gig like that. Yeah. They Great. set it up like the plight of a wrestling fan is they're like an unemployed bum. Right. But this guy's 30 with a job, but he still lives at home. It's like, dude, you can leave yeah. at any time. You're yeah. a full right. grown You're making adult. $29 yeah. an hour, yeah. man. Yeah. Bounce, dude. Which <laughs> goes back to my original point that I think they're both uh, like touched. Like they're both, they're not allowed <laughs> yeah. to live it alone. You know I love touch. <laughs> touch is my, very nice. They should be wards of the state. They're wards of the Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't live by themselves because yeah. they, you know, they, also, they have issues. Also speaking, <laughs> I saw it coming down yeah. this down the boulevard. The pike. Uh, speaking of like the comically shitty shit truck, you remember the so like they introduced like I know I'm jumping ahead, but they introduced like the like I will say 1.5 dimensional love interest for handsome Scott. Well, Con. I'm introducing them right now, yeah. and then we'll, I'll just. I'll just go right over to you. All right, Is cool, that, cool. Like, now, they, so they clean up shit for a living. We establish that. They get in the truck. You go clean up some shit. And then they go through a fast food window, mm -hmm. introduce the love interest, mm -hmm. which is Scott Kahn is obsessed with the hot two chicks work there, mm -hmm. both beautiful girls. Right. Mm -hmm. one, yeah. uh, and uh, they obviously one of them, who, this was the thing of the 90s, which right. is, uh, is 2000, but this was closing out the 90s, right. which was that, like, they're both, they're both beautiful, but... One of them, they just tell you, is not good looking. Right. Right. <laughs> right? They just tell you. And so, <laughs> to be fair, there's just brunette and blonde. The blonde, the blonde one, beautiful. The brunette, disgusting trash. Right. <laughs> <Now> the, <laughs> the, one of the guys, I think, is what they say. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what was. Well, the blonde one had a cool, sort of detached disinterest to him, which was found very sexy. Right. And the brunette has, I will say this, a knock on her. She has a little bit of a weird voice. Her yeah. voice is a little strange. Yeah. yeah, you were more into the blonde. That's okay, but Lady completely dismissed the other one, saying that uh, you can't date a girl who's one of the guys. It's gay. That is the crazy yeah. part. That's what's insane. Because complete yeah. opposite of gay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're still dating a woman. Right. Yeah. I wish my wife was a little more of one of the guys. Yeah. You know, that would be nice. Yeah. Sure. His, his main argument is that you can't have sex with someone who has shares. One of your pillars of your interests. Yeah. Yeah. You should only be having sex with people that share your interests. Like, all right, so Zig, what were you going to say? Yeah, so after that, they have like their little bro talk where they basically set up their hero's journey. But like, 
the, the way that they're staged, they're blocked, is that like Arquette's, Arquette's on like left of frame and like yeah. uh, Handsome Scott is on the right. But they have this shit, this little shitty shit gag where like there's like fresh poop coming out of the back of the truck while they're yes. eating and yeah. talking. Oh, yeah. And it's not funny. It's just wildly it's, distracting. It's so gross. Yeah. 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 They're sitting on the front of the truck and it's just leaking shit water for yeah. no reason. By the way, you just said something that sparked something. The movie I knew was obviously a hero's journey structure. Um, uh, but I thought it was Oliver Platt's hero journey, but you said it's theirs and I think you're right. No, absolutely. It's their hero yeah, journey. Absolutely. I don't know why. I just, I assume since he's the king, I was equating him to like Lion King. He's like the Simba. Right. And they're just like the Timon and Pumbaa. Right. It's yeah. not what it is. Right. And actually, I'll go one step further. This movie is actually David Arquette's hero journey. He's the main character, even though him and Scott Kahn seem like they're sharing focus. Right. He's actually the... I mean, you can't tell from watching it yeah. that there's not just well, like... Scott Kahn's weirdly underdeveloped. Right, yeah. 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 You think it's like a dude's where my, where's my car situation where right. there's two main characters, but I, the more you dive into it, I think it's really just an underdeveloped storyline where it's... David Arquette's the main guy because you see his dad, you see he becomes the wrestler. You know, it's it's his uh, hallucination in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Scott Conn's just this underdeveloped, handsome guy who's, who wears a pimp suit by the end. You know, there's no story there. Right. Okay. So they set up these love interests. Scott Conn's like my dream girl's the blonde one. Right. Uh, the the brunette's trash. She's uh, my dream girl, yeah. bro. I don't know yeah. if you guys laughed at all in this movie. The one time I laughed was actually when they're in the drive-through. Yeah. And. They're like, can I take your order? And David Arquette leans over and he's like, yeah, can we get some of the, he wants some of the Britney Bear ass buffet. <laughs> it was like that so part? stupid. No, but it was so dumb. And he's like leaning over, like confessing no, no, his man. love. I, I, I get it, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny I, when right? we are objectified. Yeah. I, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, nice time's up, Pin. Yeah. The thing is like, David Arquette was being disgusting in that drive oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was That's, acting, and also it was yeah. out of character for this guy to be like such a misogynist and such an asshole That's, to his friend. I think why it made me like, laugh. It was, it was over so the top. It was, it was egregious. He was like something yeah. about like, I don't even yeah. know this stuff. He definitely said Barris Buffet. There was yeah. something about like, was he wants insane. the taco with extra cheddar yeah, yeah, on that's, it. Yeah. It's like, what? It just got Get so out ridiculous here, man. that it was Gross. making me laugh. I wrote insane. this down during that part. How old are these guys supposed to be? I think 29. Yeah, I think they're 20. 30. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so then um, let's jump to, I think I'm missing the gag where they suck the... I think I didn't write about the scene. Oh, the, where, cl- the prank? With the prank scene. Yeah. There's a prank scene where they're going to do their job, which is cleaning up shit, mm-hmm. and they go to a bunch of porta johns, yeah. porta potties, whatever you call them. Um, uh, and uh, this just, I just had a flashback to. Arlen going in at WrestleMania 34 when John Cena was pretending he was just gonna go watch as a fan. Mm-hmm. He's on the floor and Arlen leaving the porta potty and John Cena going in right after him. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, porta potties. So the the, the whole time Scott Con is like, listen, man, like I'm I gotta use the bathroom. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. And then he's like, I won't. And he has his fingers crossed behind his back. You guys remember having your fingers crossed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big so, 90s. Don't about nostalgia? Yeah. One of the oh. worst setup shots to see that, by the way. Did you guys notice that? Like, it seems like they sped it up, but they didn't shoot it in slow motion. They just sped it up in post to show, like, that awkward, huge glove yeah, he has like on to, like, finger. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Game and tell what he's doing. And so you think, I think he's like, oh, what he's going to do is he's going to, like, blow the shit up on him, right? Or, or tip the porta potty. Yeah. 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 But what he does is so much weirder and uh, unexplainable. So he hooks some kind of vacuum. Well, it's the shit vacuum that he used to suck all the shit right. out of the porta potty. But he switches it to blow. No, no, he yeah. sucks, sucks it. Yeah. Oh, he's no, like, I thought he was because everything started flying around like one of those like cash grab machines. You thought it was a blow, yeah, also. Yeah, right? yeah. I thought it was a suck. Ra- uh, let's take a survey. Who, how I many thought, people thought it was a blow? 
Right here. Two. How many people thought it was a suck? I thought it was a suck. Two. And, and no I mean, you know, I think it was maybe a blub. I'm trying to remember that scene now. I zoned <laughs> out a whole bunch. That, uh, <laughs> that John Cena headband is really cut off the circulation yeah. <laughs> of your, your memory. Um, yeah, whatever. The toilet paper was going on, but it did look like he was getting stuck. Whatever. But then he gets out, and he's they start wrestling. He slams him with the door, and you're like, it's like, it just it doesn't hit because there's no shit involved. Not that I wanted that. It's just like a de-heightening. Sure. Just to yeah. blow air on someone when they're taking a shit. Right. right. Anyway. I thought the whole thing was going to fill up with, with poopy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like where oh, they're going because it's a very dumb, right. I'm childish movie. I'm surprised no one was covered in shit at but any point. But honestly, what they're doing is they're, sh- they're, they? saving, they were. they're they were. saving the full on right. shit blast right. for two scenes from now. A little right. foreshadowing. Right. Yeah. That we will get a full shit blast. All right. Someone let's... wrote this movie and <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed at all the shit jokes. <laughs> the fact that his job was a shit vacuumer was like. This is a we're gonna get, make this for twenty five million. We're gonna make a hundred million. Now, yeah. To be fair, like a lot of people who like win Razzies and stuff talk about how like the studio. Like, keep in mind, this probably had to run through like Flair and Bischoff and whoever's running WW Creative at the time mm-hmm. was probably like, oh, it's not of shit. Like, I mean, he had some shit. In. <laughs> like, dude, this writer's probably hired, wrote a good script that got like thrown through like. Wrestling talent who love shit. Right. right. I I bet anything the shit came directly from WCW creative. Right. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah. Right. I mean, this time they're shitting in bags. This is full on shit humor. Right. Um. This is the Attitude Era. They're trying to compete with WCW. Which fun fact about this movie? I'll throw it in now. We get to the trivia. But one thing I read about this movie that I think is amazing is they said that it was made because WCW was failing. Huh. And it was trying to like juke interest. Uh, here, the purpose of this movie being made was to regain WCW's fan base that w- it was losing to WWE. Wow. Yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so they're like, all right, WF is winning with provocative shit. It's like trying to win your ex-girlfriend back by, like, digging up her dead dog and, like... <laughs> yeah. You know, what it, you know what it's like? It's like trying to win your ex-girlfriend back by introducing her to Oliver Platt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we got Platt. Remember when they, they probably had a day where, like, guys, we got Platt. We got Platt. Yeah. All right. He's not willing to work out, though. Um, okay. Cut to they, these guys got tickets to live Nitro, WCW Monday Night Nitro in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Wyoming. Wyoever. Wyoever. All right. So cut to Nitro. They're there. Now we introduce. They got really bad. They have nosebleed seats. We introduce, Obstructed view. Yeah. Obstructed view. They're they're in the rafters, basically. Yeah. They're yeah. sitting. It's not. It's a very small arena for what Nitro would be at the sure, time. Sure. Right? But uh, it's a set. Uh, Nitro, Nitro, we introduce the villain of the movie, Joey Pantaleone, who is, who is dressed culturally appropriating Native American. He's kind of a cross, I think, I think he's supposed to be a cross between, like, Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner, because Ted Turner's kind of a cowboy. Right. Yeah. And Eric Bischoff's, like, the commissioner or whatever. I think that's what they were going for. I think they were going for- Joey Pants is a Native American shitbag booker, right? (laughs) I think they were going for, like, somebody's aunt who lives in Santa Fe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got, like, a hunk of turquoise, right? Yeah. Now. He's got, uh, like, a leather, like, you know, like a, like a fucking full-on Tatanka. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with you could argue tassels. with... Yeah, with the tassel. I and mean, the me- beadwork on the, on the lapels. Yeah. He looks crazy, but he's acting just like... Regular Joey Pants. Yeah, like a, a tri-state area shitbag. Yeah. Like, yo, let me tell you something, all right? You're, you're upsetting the balance. But he's, he looks like he has Willie Nelson braids. They really, it wasn't just cultural appropriation. It was like yeah. every culture was yeah, appropriated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really pulled out of from a lot, went to a lot of grab bags to make this character work. Okay, and they basically, they watch, they're going to see the king, okay? And they introduced Jimmy the king. And essentially, they do a shoot 
Montreal screw job on right. Jimmy the King. What happens is Jimmy the King is a flake. We establish that he's not showing up. They've had enough of his behavior. He, he, he's late to the match. He's yeah. late. They're like, where is Jimmy? And like Joey Pants is like, I've had enough of this guy. And then he pulls DDP aside and goes, yo, remember I told you that thing? You're going over tonight. You said operate order 66. Yeah, execute order 66. Um, that's a that's a very popular episode three <laughs> prequel reference. Yeah, uh, we um, got it. So, yeah. So, basically, in this match, Jimmy the King shows up. He's so over. Everyone loves him. Right. David Arquette, Scott Conn, they're going nuts up in the rafters. He comes down to the ring. He's going to wrestle DDP. The booking, they think, is classic Jimmy the King. Mm-hmm. Jimmy the King hits you, you know, you wrestle, and then he hits you with the crown. The crown. The what's this, what's By this? the way, we, a double axe handle smash for a finisher from, from the, the top, top rope. Oh, yeah. Very Fuck bad. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His move set was punches and like a default move your yeah. creative player would have. In, yeah. in pro wrestling. It was, there was no effort put in to make him believably the top wrestler. None. I mean, that brings me to my main question of this movie, which is why Oliver Platt? Like why not? Because he's even... the biggest name they could get. That's what? it. It's just as simple. I as mean, that. that's insane. I would even like. Why didn't somebody be like, "Fuck getting like a name. Let's just get somebody who looks Anybody. like a wrestler." A wrestler. Right. Mm. It wasn't just the biggest name they could get. It was the guy who was just like the tallest. So like, oh, this right. guy is gonna be a wrestler. He's he's, he's like six two. Who? What actor would have been like real great casting for this at the time? Hmm. This is two thousand. Honestly, Scott Con. I think Scott Con. Yeah. <laughs> put him on stilts yeah. and he'd be good yeah. to go. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, 2000, I don't know. Like, maybe even fucking... Eric Bana. Why not make Vin it Diesel. a wrestler? Vin Diesel would be... But they couldn't get Vin Diesel. Right. Why, why not make that part, like, Goldberg? Absolutely. Or, yeah. like, why not give that part to Because they don't think Sting. he can do the... They, they don't think... They, they, they think it would be easier to have an actor kind of fake his way through wrestling, but they, then it would be right. to have a wrestler mm-hmm. do the actual acting needed. What about Burt Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> a little too old, a little too old. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was, like, big, like, 2000? Burt Reynolds. You get, like... I don't know. Who, who are the 2000, like... The B-list actors of 2000 who were and in who shape. And who was like a guy who was like in shape? I mean, they're like, uh, yeah. I mean, D- Vin Diesel would have been. Uh, guys, you know what I think? Unfortunately, we're realizing is yeah. that Oliver Platt was actually yeah. the, the <laughs> most yeah. Yeah. choice. Yeah. He was the best choice. Yeah. Yeah. We can't think of a single person who was better. Give me an Oliver Platt type. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so <laughs> whatever. Regardless, it's in history. So. They're, apparently, oh, so this match starts. Sinclair comes out to announce it, and as he's out there, he starts shit talking Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. being like, "You know, man, you, you know, you, this is, it's, uh, you know, it's like this is the last time I'm gonna see you." And Jimmy King's like, "What are you, what are you saying?" Match happens. DDP starts shoot, beating the <laughs> shit out of. <laughs> He just starts beating the shit out of Oliver Platt, right? Handily, throwing he's a, real punches. He's, yeah. a, he's a slob, and uh, DDP is in primo shape at this time. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. young, but- a young forty-year-old DDP, <laughs> right in the prime of his career, yeah. and he's beating the shit out of him. By the way, right before this, I made a note at like the around the fifteen-minute mark. They've already said. Retard, shut up, midget, and that's gay. Fifteen <laughs> yep. minutes into the movie, that's a good stat. So, uh, so apparently this is a no DQ match because there's no rules for it. The whole locker room comes out my, to beat the crap out of Jimmy the King. My, the only legitimate laugh I got out of this movie is when the Kingsman came out. Yeah, and there's like a standoff, and you know the joke is coming, but then they just start stomping Oliver Platt. Yeah. <laughs> I had a legitimate laugh at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was that that actually that shot wasn't even shot well. Right, it wasn't yeah. even a good. Like it was, it was. They had a. I remember that really specifically because all of his friends were. It was like Conan and, and it was 
like all those Cisco Inferno. Yeah, and they were all in like orange camo. Yeah. And when they came out to shoot, you could in the shot where they decide to beat him up. There's only only Conan in the shot, mm. and he's in the he's not even in like the foreground. He's in like the distance. His clothes were so baggy. His like urban camo was so baggy that Shabiro thought it was both of the Dudley boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> straight up did. That is true. That is absolutely true. And so they all beat him up, and uh, they beat him up. They all they give him a, what they're calling a four post massacre, which right. honestly was, was cool. actually pretty cool. Yeah. That was the only wrestling spot in this whole movie that was like, hey, all right, that's good. And it, actually, one cool thing about it was they all landed at the same time, and the noise was very like sound. Right. It was like kind of like an eerie thud, like right. all. All their heads hitting him. Jimmy the King's done. Right. And then Joey Pants, <laughs> Native American Joey Pantaleone, bends down to speak in his ear. And, and Oliver Plyle whispers, why? why? <laughs> and then his answer, even though we have a justification, yeah. we know why. His answer is, why not? <laughs> Can I add one more point before we head out of the scene? It's all, I also thought it was incredibly funny that these wrestling moves actually inflicted real damage right. in like the reality of like what right. they were doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes they're just actually punching each other in the face, and then sometimes like a heel hook is actually hurting him. So <laughs> I like that about the movie. Are you saying that's bad? No, I just thought it was funny that like a DD like a, a Diamond Dallas Page doing a DDT or whatever his move was like actually affected him. Like he injured him in the uh, reality of the right. movie. When he really just like fell on his tummy on the mat, <laughs> but like shoot fighting, like they they were really good in the movie to complement it to whatever degree. This is one thing I like about the movie is like the shoot fight elements. I like that like when he punched him in the face, he's like, oh, what what are you doing? Right, and you could clearly tell the like when it the delineation between it being really real fighting. Right, right, right. And it's like, oh, they're actually just beating each other up, and they're like kind of sometimes they were like I thought the. It easily could be cornily done, like, but I thought that they actually did a good job of like, oh, the, he did a wrestling move, but it felt like in a way they were they were actually fighting, right. and he just went into that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I uh, thought that was okay. The thing I didn't like, I thought that was very, excuse like, was confusing is that Scott Conn and David Arquette, you're like, do they know it's real or do right. they not know? That was That's weird. the biggest problem yeah. of the whole movie is at yeah. no point do I know, real do these guys think wrestling is real or do they know it's fake? And that is such a baseline problem that was solved like in '85, and right. and it's still like the it made it made it seem like this movie didn't respect what wrestling and wrestling fans yeah. are. At there the was time. so much crossover between fake fighting and real fighting. Like, right. Not to spoil the end, but there's so much real fighting it just became like Mortal Kombat. At the right. End. Like, but that I, that I like because it's like how much can you go fake with the wrestling? You know what? But real fighting wouldn't like they wouldn't be like, and now I'm going to hit him with a suplex because it's going to hurt. No, like, I know. what they were doing made it look. Like, uh, they didn't take this seriously at all. Like, because if two people were really going to fight, it, it wouldn't look like that. So what it looked like to me is that these guys were like, well, we still need to put on a show for the fans so they don't know what's going on. Yeah. But we're going to try to fight as hard as we can while still not letting the other people, while not breaking kayfabe. And it's like, right. if you were really fighting for your life, you'd break kayfabe. Right. Yeah, they right. kept going but, back and forth. It's so but they are actually fighting just for a belt, and they are trying to keep <laughs> the fans a little bit. I'm saying, like, I know what they were going for. It wasn't established correctly. Right. The whole script would have to be rewritten in a way where they're like, start the match off and be like, yo, remember, these people paid to be here tonight. Right. All right? Or it could be like they say, like, the one rule we never break is we never let people know what's going on behind the curtain, no matter how personal it gets. Right, if they, like, protect the business. Right. There was ways to do it. One, and, like, going back a little bit, David Arquette and uh, and uh, Scott Kahn, they could have had a line where I think it would have been really cool if they both were, like, 
this is not how it's supposed to go. Right. We know wrestling so well. Like, they're all hurting him. He doesn't right. bleed. We, J- Jimmy the King has never had color right. on a random Nitro. Right. Well, you right. want them to be smart fans, right? But right. again, I can't stress enough that I think that they're both playing mentally challenged people in this movie. <laughs> well, they do have a scene later on, which we'll get to, where they... He, they live, they live with their parents. They're, they have a menial labor job, and they don't know wrestling is fake, and they're in their 30s. They spend most of the time talking to people who are under the age of 19. It's all 13-year-old kids or Terminator. <laughs> it locked up my nog oh What does that mean? You guys uh, are dumb as paint. Yeah, so dumb they do have, like, later on there's a scene where Oliver Platt asks them if wrestling is real. Yeah. You know it's real, and they basically, like, even skirt that. Direct, sure. That direct question. Well, so you know it's all a show. We're all circus clowns doing a dance, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the circus, man. Yeah, you like, got it. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 it's amazing to think that in some kind of writer's room or whatever this was written, there was like that that had to come up where they're like, hey, how do, what do we do about that? And they're like, let's just not answer. Let's not do anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this gets to the big shit spill set piece. <laughs> they're leaving Nitro and they're crying <laughs> because the king lost and because of his damn allergies. Yeah, oh, those damn. Allergies. They're pretending that they have allergic reactions to something so that they could lie to each other about crying. There was a lot of. We'll I don't hate. It, I don't hate that joke. By the way, I don't hate that either. It was more just like the way they handled masculinity in this movie was just stupid. I mean, we're talking about yeah. two thousand. I mean, yeah, male. Uh, we're just now starting to like sort of crack that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eighteen years ago, fuck, but dude. Two thousand, right. yeah. yeah. It's like boys don't let each other see, see right. themselves right. cry. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, you, you know, we're talking about no reason boners. What about no reason shit spill sentences? <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys, <laughs> this scene for no well, reason. Pointless. They're driving and they're upset for literally no reason. This was literally someone just being like, we need a set piece, right? Yeah, we need yeah. like a big we action scene. But need- they could have, this could have happened because it later becomes the impetus as to why they go on the journey. He's like, it's, is it just a coincidence that our shit truck spilled over? It's a sign. Right. How is it a sign oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. go after? Completely it makes no unconnected sense. to it anything else. It makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, so like, how does, the, how does the, the truck crash again? I can't remember. They're crying. And They're then crying. I think he slams it. the wheel in, in anguish. Oh, and then uh, it causes it to jerk to the left. Oh, and then it tips over because you can't just jerk a shit yeah. truck like that. It's, yeah. it's a big you know rig. When you slam your fist on a circle. On a ceiling, yeah, exactly. It's top also, heavy. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah. Sure. So the, 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 the shit van flips over and starts sparking up on the concrete. And, uh, and then it like. It goes okay. They're like, all right, it's leaking, but we're all right. They get out. All of a sudden, the fucking Mack truck is driving down the street. And then it, for whatever, you know, it stops suddenly, knocks into the fucking <laughs> truck. There's also a whole police brigade, right? Yeah. Well, I you, don't know why. And you know they all get covered in shit. Yeah. Man. yeah. yeah. Well, and then, what would you say? I just want to say the setup for the guy crashing, like, jackknifing yeah. the truck is that, like, he just drives up, dude, dude, but he looks to his left, and then he looks back, and he misses the barricade. That's like you can see for miles. It's like in the streetway. Yeah, right, he misses yeah. the police barricade. He's like, whoa! Yeah. And he jackknifes the car, the the truck. It crashes, yeah. and the button to this beautiful scene is like toilet paper flying out with the yeah. sound of like bottle rockets. Yeah, like the final deletion, yeah. uh, uh, like fireworks. Yeah. And, like it didn't match at all, and there's clearly like, uh, like a, a cannon. It, uh, yeah, there's clear, and there's clearly like a. a 
like a f- it looks fake like it looks like styrofoam right. that like exploded and then like it, it looks terrible yeah. like were those loose toilet paper rolls yeah. Yeah. there's only like 12 like rolls that shoot like, out of the back of the yeah, truck it right. just, it, so that was somebody's decision to be like it's a shit truck why are they're probably also carrying toilet paper <laughs> yeah. right, no never right behind it unless is the they like are replacing truck. it in no, the, the like the truck behind it had was toilet carrying toilet paper that was the joke that was a coincidence it was an unrelated truck that happened to be hauling TP. Yeah, because yeah, right I think Arcade has a has like his line, like his blackout line is like, "What are the coincidence? Like, what are the oh, chances yeah, what are of the that? Odds what are the odds?" Yeah, yeah. I thought he said something like, "Oh yeah, it's one of the there odds." Should have yeah, been yeah, a yeah. third truck that just rains fucking porcelain toilets on yeah. it. <laughs> An airplane overhead, like there's <laughs> yeah. an engine yeah. and just drops terrible a movie toilet. scripts. In yeah. the last one. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, this brings up an epiphany moment, which is they, you know. I, I, you guys tell me if you know the logic of this, right. but basically they decide because of this. Like, look, look at everything that's happened. We happen. They go. We happen to be at Nitro the night. We happen to be live at Nitro the night that this happens to Jimmy the King, our hero, and then our truck crashes, like or something. Like, we we gotta find the king, right? right. We gotta find him, even though this just happened. They'll assume that he's missing. Yeah. Can you guys answer this? The yeah. timeline made it seem like he's been missing for years. Right. But this happened tonight. He right. was just on top of the WCW <laughs> like that night, and then they made it seem like we gotta go save him. He's been hiding on an island for oh, a year, like the yeah. last Jedi. Yeah. But it made, and then they cut to the next scene, and it's like he's been washed up for years. Yeah. And yeah. It was been last hiding. night. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. insane. That is totally. True. The no. timeline makes no sense. No. And also, why did they not think it was a work at all? Like that they all turned on him. Like they because they didn't know if wrestling was real or fake. It's yeah. never been established if they think wrestling is real or fake. So uh, luckily they were right. A lot of this can be explained by considering <laughs> the fact that most of what we're watching is part of his, uh, uh, David Arquette's. Uh, insane fantasy. <laughs> time is time is distorted. Psychotic fever dream. Time is distorted. Uh, uh, you know that actually is starting to make more yeah. sense. I rewound it to see if there was like a three months later title. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Also, the way that they yeah. they track him down is is like it can only be made before people know what the oh, internet. Wait, is. Oh yeah, can yeah. we talk we'll, about we'll, that? We, yeah, we yeah. got to get into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we talk about the, the Terminator. Yeah, Terminator we're, hacker. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost okay, there. Okay. Okay. So the epiphany moment is they're like. We got to get to Atlanta. Right. Okay? Yeah. That's where WCW's headquarters. Right. And they assume, I guess they know Jimmy the King lives there. So they. Even though he was just in the town that night. Right. Right. How is he already in Atlanta? Where I guess he flew back. He's like a he's like a Goldeneye character. Like if you get yeah. killed, you respawn. He's flashing in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we got Jimmy King's in Atlanta. Uh, so. Hit, they they decide to hitchhike there because right. the shit truck the shit truck which I don't know if it's necessarily broken it's on its side it got towed away it doesn't look that banged up yeah, yeah yeah so the plan is let's hitchhike all the way to Atlanta from where they're Wyoming yes yeah, yeah, yeah. which is gonna a full cross country journey twenty eight hours that's three day okay. a three day drive so a bunch of <laughs> n- nuns in a van the easiest like if you were to make like a list of all the cliche yeah. jokes yes. like I was trying to like I was like I because I haven't seen the movie since two thousand I was like what like what's the easiest like shitty joke someone would make it's gonna be like stoners or family or stoners nuns. or nuns there's gonna sure, be like at yeah. least some type of musical musical aspect to it yeah. and lo and behold we're hit of for course that. of yeah, course so they're singing songs they get hitchhiked with a bunch of sitting uh, with nuns they're singing and the whole joke of this is that they convince them to sing running with the devil which is yeah. just it, it just seems like uh, in this movie that they had plot points and they 
like they're like, how do we get to these things? Uh, I don't care. Yeah. Have anything happen? Yeah. yeah, that seemed like oh shit. We let's do a pickup that we can do in one day. Yeah, let's so, just get a van with some nuns. Absolutely, it's, it's so weird. They get to Atlanta immediately. They're dropped off at a. I think some kind of fast food restaurant uh-huh. that has a video game machine in there. They <laughs> have four pixels. It's a four and, pixel video game. And it's the king on the side. It's a cartoon drawing of the king. And he's just like all the WWE video games where they take even like Bray Wyatt and make him look chiseled. Yeah, right. Yeah, Shinsuke, yeah. make him look jack. J- the, Jimmy the king looks like he's He-Man. Yeah. And his outfit <laughs> even looks cool somehow. And he's on there and Shermanator from American Pie. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's playing the game, yeah. and they spark up conversation with him over their mutual inference in interest of Jimmy the King. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, t- you want to take it from here? They say, hey, are you down with the king? And he goes, the king's the king. And that's how you know they were down. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then they decide they're going to enlist the help of this creep they just met. They go back to his house to go on the internet. And he's accessing the internet with a computer that I don't think even can access the internet. It was like the old Apple. It was the iMac. Yeah, it was the iMac. That shaped had the, like an Apple kind of. Right. That had like the clear ones. Teal. The, yeah. 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 I want to I want to clarify that this man is supposed to be a hacker, right? And he yes. says, I can find anybody on the web. Right. right. So they, uh, he, he go, they go to his house and he goes on the computer and he's on the official Jimmy the King like fan page. It's just the internet. He didn't yeah. hack anything. Yeah, he, just, he just went on the internet. Yeah, official website yeah. that has his address. What, has what his wife, dark has his home address. Why has his, wife, has his wife's home address. Yeah. 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 Why is Jimmy the King's official website on the dark web? Right. Also, <laughs> right. The, the, and this establishes that they're going to have a connection with Shermanator the whole movie yeah, where he can get them whatever information. <laughs> He's, their guy. Yeah, yeah. He's their guy in a chair. He's, He's their, their like Tyrese. Jack yeah. Black in the van or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. whatever. He's the guy in the van. With his verbally abusive father. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. It's yeah. yeah. on the theme of the fact that being scared of your dad, <laughs> Shermanator's oh. dad thinks everything is gay and for oh, pussies. That uh, was maybe the one of the biggest laughs I actually got to this movie was not to skip ahead. This is a pointless thing, but like when he's on the phone with them, yeah, and his dad just yells, "Get off the phone, you pussy!" <laughs> he says, "My dad says yakking on the phone is for oh, pussies." Oh yeah, everything. They say pussies one oh, after the other. Yeah, puking is for pussies is like the first thing he says. Yeah, and then he's yeah. like, "I puke all the time. I'm not a pussy." Yeah, yeah. and then he like looks up to him like, "Whoa, I could be like you someday." Terminator has a really abusive father also, and that's how they connect. Right. Anyway, he gets them the information. They head over to Jimmy the King's house. Okay? They get to Jimmy the King's house. Caroline Ray. <laughs> <laughs> she is there, and she she is... She scratches her vagina. She asks them if they've ever... Here's how they introduce the character of, yeah, Carol, of Jimmy the King's ex-wife, or current wife who he separated through. She comes out looking like hot trailer park trash, Lots of makeup on, and says, "You boys ever seen crabs up close?" Then scratches her vagina. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. the character. And then David Roquette says, she oh, says he wants to see." He says, like, yeah. "Yeah, she's like, fantastic." That, that actually made me laugh. Yeah, do you want to see? Yeah. Do you want to see him up close? He goes, "Yeah, oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I expected them to be, like, um, no thanks. Like yeah. you know, like a, uh, well, we already no. know he's a big time pervert from when yeah. he was yelling yeah. In, the, yeah. in the burger restaurant. Right. <laughs> this is the like, let's not and say we did. Right. Years of time. So, yeah, yeah, Where yeah. they said no. Pretty good. Hot off Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Do you want to see my crabs? Yeah. <laughs> so they, she basically says, like, hey, I haven't seen him in two years. He's got a son. His son, for some reason, has 
jacked up braces that don't make any sort of mechanical right. sense. Right. Uh, and then she gives him the address of like his trailer park or something. No, like and, yeah, and they go to they see they go to his parents. Oh, his right. parents, right? They go to the and parents that, first. All this Brings happens in, in the, the day. The first joke that made me legitimately laugh in yeah. the movie. They go to see Jimmy the King's parents, and they are like. Breaking all the the kayfabe walls for them about his his they're telling the shoot details about Jimmy the King's life, which is that he's a big loser. Right. He didn't get good grades, right. and they're read his official autobiography, and they're like, no, 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 he got great grades. He worked really hard. You guys died. Yeah. <laughs> you guys died in a plane crash. It was really tragic, but they're still alive. Right. That made me laugh. It was a good joke. And they actually the first time there's a little bit of heart in the whole movie. I think. Is shown from Jimmy the King's mom, yeah. who is just like that big idiot's never been here. Mm. Like hasn't been here in a long time. She like misses her son. Again, they talk yeah. about him like he's been gone for years. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, no, yeah. And then they get Jimmy the King's address, which mm-hmm. they, by the way, okay, lot, lot fourteen. They find King, Jimmy the King in a trailer park, and they pay him. A thirty dollar personal mm, appearance. You're missing a huge, oh, yeah. huge yeah. Pa- not- wrinkle in this movie. He is inexplicably <laughs> dressed like a lady. Yeah. He, has yeah. a, he has a wig on and some John Lennon glasses, yeah. and he's yeah. like, "Oh, go away! No one's in here!" Like for no reason, he's in a disguise. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you lose your belt and and then re- and then respawn in Atlanta, why do you need to be in hiding as a woman that has a beard and like at least shave your beard? If you want to put a wig on, fine. It made so little sense. This movie's worse than I thought. It's a a one and a quarter star movie. You all overrated this movie. And you can visibly see through the window that it's Oliver Platt in a wig, and they're like, is the prince or is the king a she? It's like like, Uh, mind boggled by it. Oh my God. So he's in there, and they're like, hey, Jimmy, open up, open up. But he's like acting like the feds are coming after him because he lost a wrestling match. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So he's in there, and then um, he. They agree to give him thirty dollars through the window, oh, right? Yeah, I don't know. So that makes a hole in the window, and they he's like, "How much money you guys got?" And they're like, "We have thirty bucks." And then he's like, "All right, five dollars personal appearance fee." So they're finally face to face with Jimmy the King, their hero, who's dressed like a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, man. I mean... So they <laughs> they talk to him, and he's a real disappointment. But they're still enchanted by him. They're trying to keep him interested in them. He's like, going, get out of here. There's no hope for me. I lost my title belt yesterday. There's no hope for me. My life's (laughs) over. And they decide to go on a beer run for him. That's how they gain his trust. Okay. And he's got a real bad attitude. David Arquette decides to fight him to convince him to take one more swing at Sinclair, Joey Pants, the Native Mm -hmm, American. mm -hmm. Fights him. They get into a wrestling battle. They get crowned. <laughs> he gives them his finisher in a small, tiny trailer. Right. One funny thing about this movie recording is yeah. that they want wrestlers to hit them. They're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, crown me, crown me. Come on, do it. <laughs> Which I feel the same way. Yeah. There was, there was, there was, was something, what Nikki Cross is like. There was something, yeah, do it, do yeah. it. Uh, there was something really strange about this scene for me. Uh, he crowns them, and they, like, pass out as though, like, post-coital... <laughs> It was very yeah. sexual in a weird way, yeah. where they're like begging him to like uh, dominate. It was weird. right. It was weird. Yeah. So they they be- Oliver Platt beats the- 
beats them up and it feels good, right? They wake right. up, he pours beer on their faces. They sleep, I guess, they sleep on his floor for right. a night. Right, in because, the they got, because they got hit with a double axe handle smash. They got hit with a fake <laughs> professional wrestling move that right. knocked them out for good. They climaxed and then they <laughs> fell yeah, asleep. That, that part was actually accurate for me because I see the the like way we talk about wrestlers and how right. you're always like gay fabe and like you love men's abs and they seemed very much like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was the talk that, about Oliver Platt does not qualify for gay fame. No, no, but there's a markiness to those yeah, guys that right. I fully relate to. Like mm. we, when we were like in our prime of like, fan, like being like Mark marks and not adults, right? Just teenagers. We used to talk about if the rock spit, would we catch it in our mouths? And I, and I, say, I would always yeah. say that I would knock over my own grandmother to push her out of the way so I could jump and catch the rock saliva in my mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah, See, yeah. There you go. So that part was accurate for yeah, me. Yeah, like the rock. Yeah. I the rock. He like. Triple H threw him in front of me, and I touched his back. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was disgusting. And then he it was licked, so uh, wet. Then you yeah. licked the sweat after. I rubbed my fucking whole body <laughs> with the hand, and I still haven't showered. No. But, um, yeah, anyway. So, cool. Jimmy King goes, you know what? I'm going to take it up on you guys. Let's take another shot at Sinclair. Right. Cool. He's in. Cut. I, what, what, all right. What do you guys think? A little logic of this scene doesn't make sense, because... I guess when you're a sewer worker, you have like connections to just porta potties all over the nation. So like they it's, a union, it's a union yeah, gig. Yeah. yeah. So they like uh, they break in with this porta potty that they got with the king hiding inside. Yeah, they and, go they go to Nitro. Yeah, they go to Nitro and they wait for um for for Diamond for for DDP to to cut a promo backstage. And like right when they cut one, I guess because the laws and land, you can just interrupt that and get a title shot. So like they interrupt, they fight him. I will say there was one cool move uh, when they have I guess uh, Joey Pants on the ground and like Handsome Scott does like a little slide up and gets him in like a a, oh, yeah. a leg a little, a little leg head scissors situation. Yeah. Yeah. Head scissors. yeah, that was pretty rad. Yeah, yeah that's so good. What happens is, uh, is uh, Ziggy's right. This makes no sense. They they sneak him in. They sneak Jimmy King into Nitro. He's in a porta potty that they roll in dressed as. Just as what they do for yeah, a living, yeah, yeah. right? They, shit, yeah. shit workers. Great point, Zig. Is like if you got connections all over the mm -hmm. shit verse, yeah. you know, uh, they call in a they call in a, they call call a favor. Their shit guy, and they bring him in. Jimmy King, they're like, "Yo, hang. We're gonna give you signal when it's time to come out." I don't really know what the plan is here. There was no plan. There's no plan. They bring him in. DDP's cutting a backstage promo, live to tape, live feed, yeah, live feed promo onto the onto the uh, whatever the. WCW Titantron is, which the is too, too small screens. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Jimmy uh, DDP says something, sets off Jimmy the Kim, he breaks out all of the porta potty, beats the crap out of DDP, takes the toilet seat, mm -hmm. puts it around his head, and he's really beating up DDP. And then he says, I want a rematch. And then Sinclair, this is what Zig's talking about. Sinclair, Joey Pants, just grants him. In un, a match. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. What happens here makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Joey makes Pants beat, No, no. J Jimmy the King beats up DDP, and then David Arquette and, and Scott Conn call for a referee to come over. And <laughs> backstage, mind you, on the concrete of the backstage. And the referee's like, oh, these shit workers are telling us to yeah. come to a count. We better get over there. <laughs> and then Jimmy the King pins for the three count DDP. Backstage, even though no match has happened at <laughs> all, sanctioned. Yeah, and then they're like, "He's the champion." I'm like, "Oh, whatever." They're just trying to show, like, I could still beat him. Not what happens. 
the announcers announced that Jimmy King is now the champion. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Sinclair's like, this can't happen because right. I, I I don't want this guy. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 that match was unsanctioned. He doesn't go, he doesn't make the obvious argument, which is... Call security. He, just, he, yeah. he doesn't go, he just pinned him in the back here. It's not a match. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that's what he meant by unsanctioned. Like, right. this doesn't count. All right. So he says that, but then... He's like, shit, well, everyone saw him pin him, so now I'm backed up against the wall here. He goes, you know what? He offers him a cage match rematch. Yeah. And for no reason, throws in a $1 million stipulation. (laughs) If you beat him, you get a million dollars. It feels like this is a comment on how WCW was being run at the time. Yeah. You know, just like a complete and utter shit show backstage, spending money on shit. Well, that actually brings up something pretty interesting, which is... uh, the Jimmy the what? All right, sweet. Uh, 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 here, I want to read you this, guys. This fun fact about the movie. The scenario of Jimmy King getting screwed by Titus Sinclair was based on a real-life issue between Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair. In April 1998, Flair was fired from WCW for allegedly no-showing the taping for the April 16th edition of WCW Thunder in 1998. By the end of the year, Flair was back in WCW after filing a lawsuit against Bischoff. Wow. Okay. Saying that, and then it also it was also obviously um, a version of the screw job. Montreal screw job. Uh, oh, this is interesting. Character of Sinclair is based on Eric Bischoff, who was originally going to appear in the movie as a fictionalized version of himself, but was fired from WCW before filming began. Huh. Thus, the character of Sinclair was created. Played by Joey Pantaleone. I mean, I gotta say that's a that's a boon because Joey Pants' character. Is one of the more interesting characters in this movie. Like, how much yeah. worse would it be if it was just plain old Bischoff? Right. right. So, anyway, this is a big win for Jimmy King. Any other thoughts about this porta potty scene? What? How? Do you know how far we are in the movie? Like, act wise, are 20, we still? In, we're, like we're like a third. Of I think this, thing. this is probably the start of. This is probably is the start of Act Two right now, right? Like that ends yeah. act, ends Act One. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so Act Two right now is a trailer trash party. <laughs> right, they decided to throw a party. Oh boy, yeah. Where, uh, where inexplicably, Rose McGowan, who's like the not the captain of the Nitro Girls, but she's like the second or third, you know, captain of the Nitro Girls, inexplicably is attracted to David Arquette's character. Right <laughs> after he also when they broke in, they did like one of the class classic like ooh let's let's. Uh, Peep in on these women as they dress. Oh, I'm so glad you brought yeah. that up, Zig. Are you talking about the naked things? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the things. Naked. Oh. By the way, t- two things here. Uh, not naked. Zero naked. Yeah. Second Zero thing. Naked. Not things. Yeah. Hundred well, yeah. percent wrong. What he said. Naked Both things, things he said. Wrong. They pull it like a Trump <laughs> popping into the, the pageant, the uh, beauty pageant right. the locker room. You know what they always say? They that, peep like, in, they do a peep. He's like, if you own the place, you can go in. He would always say that. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, now, now, I'm of the school of thought that if you're making a Hollywood movie and you want to show me a little bit of booby and butt, I'm not going to be mad at you. Go for it. I'm not going to be mad at you. However, this was like egregious, had nothing to do with the plot. It just showed that like, oh, these two guys are kind of creepy mm-hmm. and they called the women things literally in a movie that objectifies <laughs> women a lot 
They literally are like, oh, these are naked things. I like these things because they are naked things. Right. And Gross. They were kind of making, I think the joke they were going for was like, naked things. Naked, like. Like the they joke, were tongue-tied. They, they didn't they have the tongue-tied. words. That's what they're going for. But, man, it does not hold up. Um, I'll say this now, Let's because now we're getting into Rose McGowan's character. Right. Just keep this going. Okay. Rose McGowan admitted she hated this movie. I mean. And didn't yeah. want to be in it. Yeah. You could tell from watching this movie and yeah. everything you know about her that this must be like, not only did she hate this movie, this was probably the movie that like solidified in her mind, this industry fucking sucks. Yeah. And I gotta do everything in my power to fix it. She said, yeah. eventually giving in after throwing the script in the trash three times. Wow. How, did, how did she, so why did she ever do, like it sounds like she was. The payday, I guess. I guess she needed yeah, the money. Yeah. But what, she like threw it in the garbage truck and then would take it out and be like, no, Rose, but you need the money. And she'd read it again and be like, yeah. no, but it's terrible. And yeah. she threw it away again. <laughs> well, and that happened three times. Well, she quit so, Hollywood like shortly, not too long after this. Right, this is post Scream, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I would say, and Scream was Miramax, right? Yeah. yeah. So. I would say. You think she got Weinstein? Well, Weinstein happened. I, I don't know. I don't know the timeline here, but uh, just to think about it, like this might happen before this. And she was like, "All right, these are job opportunities. I'm getting away from Harvey Weinstein." Right. I don't know. Mm. I might be making that. I, I mean, I'm just doing timeline. If you're doing analysis here of Ready to Rumble and talking about behind the scenes Hollywood stuff involving the Harvey Weinstein scandal, I think we're overanalyzing this. Yeah, thing. and also I think I'm out of my pay grade. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know what happened well, I, back there. I, also, she only she has like, I'm just counting off the dome. I think she has like. Maybe four scenes, five scenes in the entire movie, like the introductory right. dance scene, the weird like spying on her scene, the party scene. I bet you they had more that she was like, Fuck yeah, off. and like the, the yeah. terrible sex scene and like the scene where she gets caught like talking to the bad guy. Right. So yeah, I would say that by the way, Rose McGowan's flirting with David Arquette. It's at this point, watching with Newman, it's driving him mad. <laughs> yeah, because David Arquette's character is like, in, like is like. I was literally like, she could get he in got trouble. Worked. My point is, he you did get worked. I mean, no, I what I said yeah. was she <laughs> must have an ulterior motive because he's. You said that like three scenes later, though. He's fine, fine, you whatever. Got, you <laughs> got me. You got me, Dan. Listen, I'm just saying you're a fucking Mark. Okay, you got me. you're a fucking Mark. You're a ready to rumble, Mark. No, uh, but uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, it was just that she. It was yeah. Like he, I was convinced that she, in real life, would have been getting in trouble trying to sleep with him because of his diminished mental abilities. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we're all in agreement that these these two characters, this is a story of two special young men yes. on the ride on the adventure of their lives. Yes. All right, let's keep going because there's more. So, okay, Rose McGowan flirts. Uh, mean Gene, but small thing. Oh, great. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. man. Poor Mean Gene. Mean Gene's people partying at the party. You guys want to say? Well, he says what, what he says. Do like, people think I'm sexy? Do you he think says, I'm yeah, sexy? Sadly, give him that line. To Jimmy the King, do people think I'm Sexy. Uh, I mean, Mean Gene, no, but no. don't worry about it, man. Um, I, I well, don't think Mean Gene's worried about that in real life. So it's, no. And he doesn't come across that way. So why is the, would that be funny? I, like, honestly, though, like, I do think this was one of the funnier lines in the movie. Yeah. This actually, I was like, oh, that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say here, check out. There's a shot of Booker T just dancing at the party, like <laughs> just <laughs> casually. Doing the not, spinner Rooney. Not the, yeah. No, not doing the spinner Rooney. Just dancing doing like a, a regular step. guy. Check that out. Um, okay, this scene ends by Jimmy the King getting so freaked out by the match he has coming up. He's trying to chug eggs and tequila at the same time. He runs away and inexplicably falls down a manhole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets Looney Tunes, third shit gag. He oh falls down God. an open yeah, manhole. Like a fucking Bugs Bunny cartoon. The yeah. manhole caves in on itself 
as if right. it was smaller than the hole it was covering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which makes no sense. Well, no sense. I think the lid is off a the, little yeah, bit. Yeah, for some reason, the last guy who went spelunked down there left it ajar. So when uh, Platt was running through it, he steps in it, falls in like a cartoon character. And then the manhole, I think the cover, CGI flies upwards in a way. Oh, it yeah. does. Oh, it, I thought it, it went in no, with it the, launches, oh, it launches. Like no. in a way that they clearly had to pay for a special effect for oh, it to okay, launch. okay, never mind. And, I retract I mean, my statement. Guys, this, there's no need to bring more shit into this movie. At all. And they, they so they cut to he Scott Kahn and David Arquette. They're picking up... Jimmy the King, the next day at the sanitation department. (laughs) He was held overnight. (laughs) Which introduces my favorite character of the movie, which is the sanitation worker that, like, brings him out. They're still in Georgia, no? And this motherfucker is like, oh, yeah, you're picking your friend up here at the uh, sanitation department. (laughs) We got him by the uh, hoogie shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, you think the Mets got a shot this year? I mean, mean, the Braves. The Braves. (laughs) You want a Coca-Cola? You know, they make it down here, right? Oh, my God. So, anyway. Anyway, they pick him up from the trash heap and then they head to Martin Landau. <laughs> I will say this: my favorite character yeah, in the movie, one hundred percent. He was yeah. he was a vision. Well, he was I think great. they were like, we can't trash this guy's. He's career. an homage. We can't give yeah. him like shit lines or whatever. Yeah, right. So they go to get some training from Martin Landau, who's very clearly playing a Stu Hart right. Uh, right. type Sal character. Bandini. Or Sal, Sal Bandini. Bandini. It's like a little Still Stu Hart in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sal <laughs> <Vitor> Bandini. Where's <laughs> tracksuits? They were doing it. Stu Hart meets um, yeah. Judo Jean LaBelle, if you know who that guy is. Mm-mm. He's the guy who beat up Steven Seagal on set and oh. made him shit his pants. He's like a real tough guy. He <laughs> trained great. Ronda a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. It's just like an old guy who could kick ass. Yeah, a little right. bit of a Mr. Miyagi. So yeah. they go to Sal Bandini's, his version of the, of the dungeon. The dungeon and, where uh, he's beating up, by the way, when they walk in, he's beating up a young boy's high school wrestling team. <laughs> yeah. so he's that, making them scream and wail. That actually made me think, like, what if, okay, so you know how like, some towns have like Chester the Molesters, right? Yeah. Like, oh, there's a house, there's a weird old guy that lives in there. Right. Yeah. What if all those people are just like training people to wrestle and it's sure. not like a weird like 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 a weird rape dungeon it's well, I mean, like a, he does have like his hideaway it's just like his secret spots to hide in his apartment That's yeah established. i think that maybe there aren't a bunch of perverts around i think I mean, there's just a lot of people teaching wrestling, wrestling with boys is like the number one euphemism for <laughs> it's up there uh yeah so anyway um they, Stuart, they, uh, Lauren Lando is—he's very alive for a man who seems to be almost dead. Uh, <laughs> the big eyes, yeah. just Carlos. having a fun time with it. He's really like—he's like—he's um, like. Like in wrestling, where they're like, uh, like when I talked to Sandow on this show, where they're like the pink tutu. He's like, all right, I'm I'm going all in with this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like they're like, here's this character. He's like, fuck it, I'm gonna bring everything I got to this damn thing. <laughs> he, he was in his trailer, like in the mirror, like, come on, Martin, you're Martin fucking Landau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they establish that he's gonna train Jimmy the King, and he's in good hands here. Right. All right, and he's out of shape. He's getting beat up. All right, now we cut to a David Arquette goes on a date with Rose McGowan. Uh. Um, he goes on a date with her. He goes to her apartment, and uh, he the game of this scene is essentially that he beats her up instead of having sex with her. Right? He has no as a man on a date. He has no awareness of the social cues mm-hmm. of a woman who's like romantically interested. She'll be like, "Why don't we stay in?" And he's just like, "What?" 
I'm David Arquette. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then and then when they what's the line where he punches her in the face? Foreign yeah. object. Foreign yeah, object. She shows, she, she, she's laying on top of him, straddling him in the bed. She lifts her shirt up to show off those Rose McGowan signature titties <laughs> and the chef's kiss. <laughs> and then he goes foreign objects and punches her in the face. Now this makes no sense on a couple levels. One, he's obviously attracted to her. He yeah. would want to have sex with her. Right. When she starts initiating that sex, he punches her in the face. <laughs> and then the other weird thing is, then they have sex. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's into it. I uh, mean, so. <laughs> he doesn't call the police. No. He doesn't go to jail. She doesn't stop the sexual initiation. They just then fuck. And the way you find out that they have sex is they cut to the next scene. And the next scene, it's David Arquette's dad reading a postcard that David Arquette wrote him that just. <laughs> it just explains what he's up to, right. which drives his dad insane who wants him to be a cop, not a wrestling fan, and not a shit worker. And in it, he says, I met a girl. We had sex. No, he yeah. says, by the way, I'm, I'm not, not a virgin, a virgin anymore. Yeah. By the way, which is supposed to explain the reason he punched a woman the first time he saw right. boobs. He so didn't know. He didn't know about it. Yeah. He says, I'm not a virgin anymore. In which, it, which, to be fair, when I lost my virginity, I sent you a postcard. Too, yeah, then. absolutely. It was great. Shortly after punching I, I, a woman. I got it last yeah. week. Uh, <laughs> Hey, the classic. Joke. Hey, in this movie, that would be a good joke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and but just to go back a second, we start getting the sense that Rose McGowan's looking Some, for information. Something's up with her. Something yeah. is up with her. This is where Newman was. He he's done getting worked. He figured it out. He's yeah. like, you know what. Bruce my, Willis is dead. In my defense, second. in my defense, I drank a whole weed soda. So. Yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's true. Every time Newman comes over, I give him a weed soda. <laughs> T-shirt uh, ideas, guys. Anyway, so Rose McGowan. The one thing is that like she's juking him for information, and we yeah. find out later that you know, not, spoiler, she's she's not into him. And spoiler, but she does fuck him. Right, but like she, she's still like, I'll fuck you for information. Here's yeah. the weirder part about that. The spoiler is David Arquette overhears her conversation with none other than Sinclair, the evil Native American New Jersey mob guy, right? Who owns WCW? The Cherahonky. The <laughs> and she and he and he and she's like, "I love you." Like they're fucking. Right. She's yeah. also fucking the head of WCW, <laughs> and his evil plan was, "You're my girlfriend." Fuck this other guy and get information out of him. <laughs> Fuck this deadbeat yeah. shit bag loser. Fuck this, this mentally <laughs> challenged kid. Pump <laughs> him for info. Like, yeah, Which more objectifies oh, women this even whole thing, more. This whole movie is, is yeah. all about shit is really funny, yeah. don't be gay, and women yeah. are objects. Uh, it's awful. Uh, and, some, the co and the cops are allowed to do whatever they want. And don't talk to the police because they'll grab your nuts in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that character... Rose McGowan's character was based on Kimberly Page. Right. Interesting. Uh, Who was conspicuously missing from the Nitro Girls cameos in this movie. Right. Yeah, it says the character of Nitro Girl, Sasha, is based on Kimberly Page. All right, so... Um, DDP's why. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, Kimberly Diamond Page. Or Kimberly Dallas Page. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Okay. It doesn't matter. She has no yeah. middle name. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, okay. So David Arquette's dad reads this postcard that says his son, he's real pissed his kid is not a virgin. No, he's mad at him because he's You were like, supposed to wait till marriage. I'll never get a dowry for you now. He wants him to take the cop test. He wants him to become a cop mm -hmm. in, in New York. By the way, isn't Martin Landau in New York? They're traveling around all over the place in this movie. I can yeah. never figure out where they are. They just respawn at, an, at, oh, at <laughs> a video game respawn. Yeah. This famous Georgia brownstone. So David Arquette's dad <laughs> shoots the fridge because the postcard's up there. He's so oh, angry. Yeah. Yeah. And inexplicably, 
uh, liquids of different colors just come flowing yeah. full like faucets mm. out of the holes that he shot like, in he shot a, like, like he shot a barrel or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. His fridge and is filled like, with liquid to yeah. the brim. Like you, Fanta's. If he was to open the door of that fridge, it would be like the shining. A, a, a fucking wave of Fanta would fly out. If he opened it, it would be like cutting a rainbow cake uh, right. of liquids. Like it's different colors yeah. wherever you shoot. Like a petty four. Anyway, he gets really upset. Okay, now they decide that Scott Khan has a plan, which is they need to recruit a posse. <laughs> okay, this, so they got the trainer, oh, which is Martin Landau. I know this is a fucking slog, man. Right. They, they got to recruit a posse, but this is an important scene to talk about. Sure. So they're, they're like, you need, you need a stable, essentially. So Jimmy the King goes into the gym to talk Goldberg into being part of his posse. Right. Goldberg's working out. Fun fact about this scene. This is John Cena's movie debut. Uh, yeah. John Cena is working out in the gym there. He has no lines, but uh, you could see John Cena in this scene. I would say that that's a stretch to say that it's his acting debut, right? Because if you're blurry in yeah. the background, are you really there? That's a fair point. It was WCW, <laughs> WWE superstar John Cena's first acting role. That's what it says, but like... It's not a role. No. It's an it's extra It's work. an extra, yeah. He probably was in some kind of development. That was like, the first time he was literally in a movie. Right. Yeah. And Goldberg is uh, pretty funny in this scene. He actually like starts talking about all the shit that 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 uh Jimmy the King did wrong during mm -hmm. their match. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, you like shit on my coat or whatever. What did he oh, say? He puked on him during the match. And he's like, the audience liked it. Right. Now, what was interesting about it is that Gold first of all, it's great to see Goldberg getting a good pump on, on screen. I like mm -hmm. that. And then also, Goldberg was like a pretty convincing actor in this. Yeah. Because like, he was yeah. on point. Like, I was like, yo, this guy is holding his own. Yeah, he looks awesome. It's like primo Goldberg. You know, right. always you're like, this guy can't be Jewish. What's happening? Yeah, he's <laughs> the best of us. He's our uh, Judah Maccabee. Uh, he, he, uh, Anyway, the thing they set up here is that Goldberg has got some—he's got some tough feelings for him, and um, he works alone. And and he's like, "Yo, it seems like he's not going to have Jimmy the King's back here." Okay, now let's cut to a scene where Perry Saturn. And <laughs> <laughs> this is Home Alone tribute. Trained assassins. I can't believe what I'm saying. <laughs> the next scene of this movie is Perry Saturn and Psycho Sid sneaking in to Martin Lando's house to seemingly murder, murder. him <laughs> so, that, because, so he won't train Jimmy the King, the fat out of shape guy who got beat up handily. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean... <laughs> if you're going to send two people to kill somebody, don't pick... Two enormous men. <laughs> the six <laughs> foot eight blonde so muscle rig. man. Like, anyway, uh, an old Saul Bandini beats the crap out of Perry Saturn mm -hmm. and Psycho Sid, mm -hmm. but I, then eventually succumbs to a chair shot. By the way, I yeah. know this is a podcast, but just watch this direction right here yeah. where they watch him turn his head. Okay. Perry did. So we're looking right. at right. Sid. Wait. He oh, turns Perry, and turns turns his, <laughs> Perry Saturn has yeah. to turn his whole, whole body. body to look at the wall behind him as if uh, Bandini is running around. Yeah. It's insane. All right. Anyway, so they 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 sell Bandini goes to the hospital is here. Is Saturn alive? Sorry. Yes. Barely, but yes. he, he's okay. homeless. He's like not doing really well. He's he's in bad shape. Well, he's got like a whole GoFundMe and stuff. 
Yeah. Go support Perry Saturn. I mean, every homeless person should have a GoFundMe. We should get that going. Absolutely. Um, all right. Anyway, they go to visit all of them. Now, wait. Now, David Arquette and Rose McGowan are full on dating. Yeah, they're dating they're and they're calling each other. Uh, like, schmooky and poopy. Yeah, boop, boop, boopy. 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 We have to. We, I cannot let this go unsaid that. Her costuming is so bizarre oh. in this movie. She's monochrome for the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a weird, like like a Halloween version of Jackie O. Yes. And yes. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, they go to visit Saul Bandini in the hospital. He's having a blast. He loves it. <laughs> he's like, I kick some asses. Yeah. He's like, I feel like a kid again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being the best part of the movie. And reveal, Rose McGowan's like, I'm going to go to the little girl's room. Right. All of a sudden, David Arquette, he decides he's going to get a Butterfinger for Sal Bandini <laughs> right. from the vending machine, which happens to be next to the payphone that Rose mm -hmm. McGowan is using to call her boyfriend, Sinclair, mm -hmm. to report the information of the fact that Bandini's in the hospital. She's a mole. Yeah. Now she's like, it's done. She's like, it's done. Can you get me out of here? I'm sick of this fucking David Arquette. He's trash. I don't want to be near this guy. I don't have to fuck this guy get anymore, me please. Out of here. Yeah. I'm sick of hate fucking. Yeah. This. Yeah. Pretty sure he has an IQ that makes this illegal to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and But also, what was her objective? To get Bandini in the hospital? I don't know I what her objective. I think it was to let them know who was training him, then to see to it that he got out, you know, like out of the picture. 86. Right. But he, he could just train him. Like verbally, well, right? Well, she said she was like, "Can I leave?" He's like, "He's like 105 anyway." Right. Like, I think she's just waiting for him to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There. He, all right. He's trying to get Bandini dead yeah. because he's gonna train Jimmy. This movie's insane. It makes no sense. Okay. All right. Let's move on. So this David Arquette overhears and he's he's heartbroken, and then he ditches Rose McGowan. They get on the bus. He closes the door on her, and she seems like really hurt, even though she just said like, "I hate, I hate these losers." Yeah. David Arquette like turns it back, and she seems hurt. Mm. Well, I mean, you know what those pretty girls are like. They can't take rejection. Right. Jeez. You push them away, and they're all they need it. You know? Anyway. None of our listeners know about that. Just so you know. <laughs> all right. Fair. Guys, we're, we're almost done here, all right? Yeah. Jimmy the King, Martin Landau, Sal Bandini tells Jimmy the King. He gives him the last he bit says, of knowledge. He says, hey, I'll give you a little piece of knowledge. And he says, go for the people's strengths. Attack their strengths. Attack. Knock their weaknesses. Go head on. Go right down the middle. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why that's good advice. And also, I don't see how he implements that he advice at any point in the movie. Right. Yeah. Now, the one thing that that did, because here's the, let me give right. you the full, here's the full sum total of all the training that Oliver Platt, Platt got. He went there once. He got thrown on the floor by a 90-year-old man. Then that guy told him to go for the strength. That's training complete. <laughs> <laughs> that is everything that this man was trained. We got a spit take. Dan spit, just Dan Black is doing a spit take. And I loved it, baby. I, I went to take a water break. <laughs> Your explanation was so accurate. That, that is all the, nothing happened. And then, by the way, now he's fully trained. Now he's a credible threat yeah, in the yeah, ring. Yeah, but he was yeah. just the WCW yeah, champion. Yeah, I mean, he was already uh, pretty good. 
that guess this movie is an insult to wrestling fans. It's an insult to rational human beings. I gotta downgrade this movie. Sign up, sign up for Sal Bandini's wrestling classes. I'll throw you on the floor once. I'll end up in the hospital. I'll give you some vague advi- advice, and you're ready to go for the main oh, event. Classes start at six hundred dollars a week. The, it's an eight week course. You can sign up online. That was actually the sanitation uh, captain yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. Sal Bandini's more of like, I'll give you the course. Oh yeah. God, oh, damn, old school Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> this new school piece of shit. I mean, he was the best part about this movie. I will say that. Anyway, so Ooh. he gives him the advice, which is Sheb, say the advice again. The advice is don't attack their weaknesses, attack their strengths. And so this calls right him- down the middle. <laughs> That's it. This causes him to go back to Caroline Ray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He decides to go home and see his son and his wife, and he tells his wife he's going to do the right thing by her. So I don't know how that applies. I have a quick question. Yeah. She kicks him in the nuts yeah, she kicks him <laughs> two times. Which I knew there was going to be. You called the first one, and yeah. I called the second one. <laughs> um, Quick question. Yeah. At what point? Is this before this or after this that the whole town loves Oliver Platt now? Before this. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I don't want to get this, let this go away, but by the way, they live in Lusk, Wyoming, and apparently everyone in this town is a mark. Yeah. Like yeah. every yeah. last yeah. single yeah. person. Yeah. There's 50, there's they six. They got the I grandma yeah. from uh, Wedding Singer. Yeah, yeah. The, meatball, the lady who pays yeah. in meatballs. She was, <laughs> a, she, she was a real hot talent back in 2000. Yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. There's 1,600 people that live in Lusk, Wyoming. Yeah. More marks per capita than <laughs> any other city in the United States. Yep. Um, uh, so we go back to Carolyn Ray. She kicks him in the nuts a few times. Yeah. He says, I'm going to do right by you. Okay. And then, um, <laughs> wait. He said he's going to pay all of his debts when he gets that million. Then David Arquette's dad shows up mm. and just demands that David Arquette go home to study for the cop test. And... Nothing really happens here, but right. Jimmy Con, Jimmy, Jimmy the King, and Scott Con, they attempt to get him to like come back. They well, like, oh no, David Arquette here's goes what's home. Inter- here's what's interesting. What's interesting is yeah. the dad comes, he shows up, yeah, and he goes, "You got to take that cop test." Yeah, and then David Arquette is leveled, like <laughs> yeah. everything that he ever hoped and dreamt of. All the he just traveled thousands of miles to get this thing going. He immediately's like, "Well, my dad wants me to take this cop test." Nothing has changed since the beginning of the movie for him, and yet this fully impacts his course on the movie. And he's like, "Well, I'm going home now." I for guess good. he lost the girl, and and he lost the girl, and but but like Jimmy the King, the main objective is going seemingly well, right? Right. Things yeah, are well, on there's track. a lot there that they didn't that they just didn't express, right? Like he, he the girl, he thought the girl was into him. It was a lie. He right. thought wrestling was real. That's a lie. So like his life feels like a lie. So right. he might, he might as well just like try to do what his dad. Would. But they don't. They don't, they don't connect they don't any of those connect dots. Any of that, right? So he go home. So here's the thing. He goes home to to. They're I don't know where they're. They're in Wyoming because <laughs> right. They, I'm saying they respawn in, in Wyoming. <laughs> they respawn well, the dad in Wyoming. takes him in the cop car. Remember that? Right. His dad He's picks in the cop him up. Car? A, yeah, the cop car goes. Yeah. One and million like, miles an hour. <laughs> to further support the homophobia thing, he's like, no touching other men. Yeah, he says right. it to him, and then he's like, and he's like, Dad, I'm following my dreams. And he's like, you know who else followed their dreams? Stalin, Manson, Michael Bolton. And look at them. Like a huge slight on Michael Bolton. Yeah, Another, but again, that te- technically counts as one of the more expertly I, crafted jokes I in the movie. I actually agree with that. I was like, wait, that's actually funny. Yeah, it's a joke. Well, look, whether it's funny or not, it's an actual joke that's not like, right. I'm covering this dude in shit sauce. No, I know. Right. It was technically. 
technically a well-written technically joke. Technically a joke. Yeah. I'm covered in this I dude in shit sauce. This, <laughs> this movie covered all of us in shit sauce. Uh, this movie is... Uh, wait, here, here's wait, a fact. Wait, wait, oh. At one point in the film when the cop is going off on his son about people that ended up as failures because they followed their dreams, <laughs> he mentions Michael Bolton. This is most likely a reference to how Bolton was once a hard rocker and sold out... To do adult contemporary music. Seems like a how, reach. How is me, this on IMDb facts page? Yeah. Bring me the hard rock Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah. Let me hear this. I'll be the judge of what that is. <laughs> well, he definitely used to have metal hair in the beginning. He had yeah. like long pan- Pantera hair at some point. <laughs> Um, so is this the point where the whole town just erupts with joy? No, about no, Albert no, Platt? no, no, because all right, here's one quick. Arquette goes back. He's studying the cop test. Right. And then J- Jimmy the King and Scott Khan pop up on his window. Okay, okay. To be like, yo, you got to come back. He's like, can't, man. I can't come back. Then they go back to the town, and then they have posse tryouts. Yeah. Uh, okay, there posse I fucking hated this <laughs> that scene, scene was so, so bad. It's almost worth skipping. Yeah. They have a they have a in some kind of barn in Wyoming set up a ring like mm-hmm. a, it's a ring made of like chicken feathers. Uh, chicken feathers and mattresses. <laughs> mattresses filled with chicken feathers. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a posse tryout and they just anyone in the town yeah, can try oh, yeah. out. And the tryouts mean Oliver Platt who's now imbued with full wrestling ability. Uh, suplexes you a little. He just beats you up a little bit. Yeah. That's uh, the training. I mean, great turnout for the oh, audition. Oh, huge. Yeah. 60, great. 70 people there. It was packed. And uh, it's like, you know, it's kind of like an American Idol style yeah. tryout. Sure. They're all, it's all goofs. And one chick comes in and she's like really boring and then rips. Well, that's, the, that's, the, that's the button of the scene. Yeah. Then he's like, well, here's the only people left. And I think these are the good ones. Here's a firefighter. Here's a guy who chews tobacco. His name's the chewer. Yeah. And then we got Kitty. And like, who's Kitty? And then what I'm you're saying. Bad kitty. She's wearing like, pretty she's like kitty. boring. Yeah. She's just like, like a cowgirl. She's pretty Amish, yeah. actually. A cowgirl or whatever. An Amish cowgirl. And then, yeah. And then they're like, well, what's your deal? And then her whole outfit is rip away. She rips it away and she's just wearing like a scantily clad bikini. She's wearing a shiny silver bikini with like built in muff. <laughs> yeah. Like it has fur and on the. Yeah. on the. She never comes back <laughs> no. in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does the posse come back at all? They're, they're, in they, the you ring, see yeah. them at the right. end. They're around, yeah, but I, they do. Nothing. <laughs> you never needed a posse. It didn't factor in at all. The other pro wrestlers wind up coming back and joining, like, what they form a real posse from. But this posse was just a scene to show I off mean, yeah. a chewing tobacco joke and some more tits. I wonder yeah. if they could have shaved, like, eight to $10,000 off the budget if they just cut out that scene. Yeah. Oh, cut out a bunch of scenes. I, bring right, this down to, yeah, like, a good so 18 pointless. mil. The <laughs> only thing, it was like, we need to reinforce that these guys like tits. Yeah. yeah. We need one more. Like, this is insane. It just doesn't come across. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. A- anyway, okay, <laughs> all right. So anyway, the king is now he he's posse's complete because he has the b- bikini, babe. He's ready for Vegas. He's ready for Vegas Bash L.A., which is his cage match. So they have a big celebration, the Royal Bash. At this celebration, Scott Con reveals that he has a manager. <laughs> he's wait, no, no. I don't think he does that yet. No, no, no. What happens here is the girl Brittany. For no, 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 not for no reason. Are we there talking is about the reason. celebration? The celebration. All right, yeah. the celebration is yeah. 
the whole, as they leave to go to Vegas, the whole town comes out and like, yeah, go get him. For no reason, everyone here now loves you yeah. because you've been the secretly, wedding singer grandma. Yeah, you've been secretly training here in Lusk with no one knowing until you do triads. Now the whole town's here to wish you well. Scott Kahn sees the two girls yeah. from the fast food joint. He's Brittany the blonde that rejected him and the one that he thought was gross this whole time because she wanted to be one well, of the guys. The thing you guys say is Brittany comes up to him right. and she likes him now right. because she says, I saw you on TV. Right. Sure. She's shallow. She's real shallow. Mm-hmm. So, but he goes then for like the quote unquote homely one, right? Right. But in the, she seemed like she was into David Arquette's character in the beginning. No, she, she was into Scott Con. No, because she was talking to, I thought, well, she was talking to him about the wrestling, I thought. I thought she was into Scott Con. I mean, you I were know. drinking weed. No, soda. she was into yeah. Scott Con. I think was both she? the girls okay. were Scott Con love interests. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, and so basically, she nothing says, changed for Scott uh, no, Con. Wait, wait. She says, I saw you on TV. Right. How was New York? Oh, she was uh, impressed. Well, to be fair, all these country motherfucking bumpkins, they know we're from New York. <laughs> they think we're the goddamn shit. Yeah. I walked the streets. I was in middle America the other day just walking it. Yeah. I'm turning heads. People what? are like, there he goes. There's New York Jason Shabiro. <laughs> One, two, three, gimmick street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, you're walking down. The, all right. <laughs> she, okay, so... He goes, how was she was how was New York? And right. he's like, hey, it was cool. And brushes her off and goes to the trash girl. Right. And goes like, okay. I'm doing also a beautiful girl. Right. right. Okay. And um, she goes up and he gives her a I love New York souvenir t shirt. Yeah. 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 Right. The Hard Rock Cafe, which immediately makes her panties drop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so she goes, I got a present for you also. And then she brings him into the trailer and she fucks him in, in a dirty trailer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just yeah. for a t shirt. But no, she likes him for you. Years. She always okay. had a thing for him. My question is, what changed for him that now he likes the brunette? That Not, was unexplained. Nothing changed. That nothing. was left unexplained. So many dots are left unconnected in this movie. No, nothing. And also, we get to see Scott Conn's great ass. Yeah, well, yeah. because then they come out of the trailer yeah. sharing Great. a blanket. Like, they didn't even get Guys dressed. Stuck. Great tush. Wonderful tush. Um, <laughs> um, and, um, oh, wait. Oh, wait. This is like a sound drop from the movie. That- Okay, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of crowd in the back, but it's worth playing. Anyway, they get to Vegas Bash LA, which, okay. <laughs> okay, now there's cut to a shot of Sinclair Pantaleon. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Sting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> He's talking to Sting, and who's not at all an established character in this movie. It's the first time we're seeing Sting in the it's movie. The, first, yeah. the was- icon. Uh, I mean, you can't mistake it for anyone else, and he's doing Sting. He's just stoic, quiet. Full on crow Sting. Holding a bat. And Joey Pants comes up to him and he delivers a real ultimatum here. Well, he tells Sting if 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 he lets Jimmy King win the title, he's going to kill Sting. He's like, I'll yeah. fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> a character that is not at all part of this. <laughs> and also would have nothing to, like, has, it does not factor into who wins this match. Right. He has nothing to do with this match. Yeah. He says, he, he, it feels like a legitimate, like, I will, like a legitimate murder threat. Right. Yeah. And Sting is holding a bat right now. I don't know why he just didn't bash this guy's head in, but, you know. The only reason I could think for that was that Sting was really hot back then. Like, he right. was the hottest record. So it's like, how can we get the fans a little worried? Like, oh, no, Sting's going to die. Right. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the only thing, but even that's yeah. very little. It just felt like the Macho Man, like, let's work in our big talents. Yeah. So. It was just a really, really bad, badly done. Basically, the Sting, if you don't watch wrestling or don't know much about it, he looks 
scary and right. powerful. He looks right. like a dark character. He's a big he's, guy. It, yeah. But he's very mystical. He looks like the crow, obviously. Right. So when you say, hey, man, you either have to be one of the bad guys or one of the good guys, the audience doesn't know anything. It's like, well, is this guy going to be a bad guy or a good guy? I don't know. So then when you see him later, there's a lot of suspense. Like, is he going to be bad or is he going to be good? And meanwhile, if you know anything about wrestling, you know Sting's always a good guy. Right. Mm. So, um, okay. So anyway, the, the match begins. And let's explain this match, right? I mean, okay. it's, it's a triple cage. It's a triple cage match. Um, it, this match is three cages stacked on top of each other, like Russian nest doll style. Like a, like a wedding like a cake. Wedding, yeah. Like a tiered wedding like cake. Like a wedding cake, right. Yeah, not at all Russian nest doll. No. I just mean because they're smaller and could fit well, in each Russian other. Well, Russian nest dolls would mean that the cages were inside yeah, one another. Yeah, yeah. It's like they could have been inside each other, but instead they're stacked on top. Right. Anyway, wedding cake, way better metaphor. It's a wedding you cake. Were on, you were on Cake Boss, you know what that is. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I was on. I, I played Saul Bandini. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a, okay, and it's, so the thing is that the belt is hanging above on top of the last cage. Yeah. When you get up there, you can reach the belt. So you have to get there, and there's a ladder in the ring. So to get to the second tier of the wedding cake, the middle tier of a three-tier wedding cake, you have to use the ladder to climb up there. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's no – and it's a ladder like a ladder match. It's a, yes. it's, a, it's a separate ladder. It's a very complex match. But then when you get to the other one – there's a built-in like rope ladder, ha- rope ladder, yeah. so you get up to the top tier, okay? And then you have to get above. And then, the yeah, and then tier. there's another rope ladder, the, so you get on top of the third right, cage, and right. then that's where the belt is hanging. This was so convoluted, right? But let me tell you a fun thing about this triple cage match happened twice in real life in WCW, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I remember it because I always thought it was really cool looking. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, once it happened on an episode of Nitro, and another was as the new War Game structure at Slambury 2000. One thing anyway, about, one thing about WCW, I, think should, I think it's cool. You don't think it's cool? WCW had the worst pay-per-view names. <laughs> you thought Great Balls of Fire was stupid? They had one, a recurring one called Slamboree. Halloween Havoc. That was actually yeah, that's that's a pretty that's good bad, one. Yeah. Bash the Beach is a good one. I'm talking more about specifically Slamboree. Halloween Havoc, Bash at the Beach. What were the other ones? Starcade. Yeah, that's, no, that's like yeah, their of them, WrestleMania. None of them, really, none of them felt right. They didn't have the right WCW fight. never felt right. right. As evidenced by the fact that they made this movie. Like, WWE's making 12 rounds in okay. the Marine, and they're making fucking ready to rumble. This match starts, and right away, let's just say, like every match so far in this movie, it doesn't make any sense. It's just <laughs> punching in the face. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically the whole roster versus the king. Right. And to start the movie, the, 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 the match, the king is so jacked up, He's able to beat up everybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's beating up some of the most jack guys. Hitting him with the ladder. He's really juking. He's jiving. Scott Conn's in full manager mode. He's dressed like a Chicago gangster. He's dressed if like he was uh, Daniel Christmas. Slick. Lloyd uh, Christmas. Slick. He looks like Slick. Right. He's just a pimp. He's dressed like a pimp. A bright red <laughs> right. Christmas pimp. He's dressed like a pimp. He's there and he's helping. He's helping the king. Like he throws uh, flour in yeah. the eyes of DDP and then. Uh, handcuffs him to the cage. He's being an excellent manager. Yeah, 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 excellent. A lot of like Maurice style Miz work. The dude knows how to manage wrestling talent. Yeah, he's doing great. Um, but then what happens is that a bunch of WCW backstage talent start beating the shit out of the king. <laughs> okay, and they're like hitting him, and they, and they uh, one of them turns out to be his son in a mask, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that emotionally tears him. Yeah. Okay, now this was based on, they said it was based on Ric Flair having David Flair turn on him. Oh. Which is son in WCW, but turns them on him. Then all the whole roster in the back 
It, it's it's over for him. I mean, they bam bam big a little bunch of jabronis. Booker Psycho T, Sid, Booker T. They no 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 not no, Booker, Booker T. T no, no no not Booker T. But they come out and Psycho they Sid. cut. It's bam bam. They cut. They have a what are the bolt cutters? Yeah, and they cut the the structure and they're able to the chain and they're able to come in. They come in. He's flooded. Too many bad guys. Of course, Jimmy King starts getting beat up. All of a sudden, the nitro entrance mm-hmm. lowers. And the backlit superheroes of Goldberg, Goldberg, Booker T, and Billy Kidman. Yeah, the, the, the power trio. His pot, Goldberg has put the beef of Jimmy the King throwing <laughs> up on him. He was able to forgive getting puked on to join and help. Which, again, this completely eliminates the need of them finding their own posse of firefighters, chewing right. tobacco people, and right. sexy girls. Right, because I was saying, the, 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 you're saying those guys did show up? They're, I, they're I in the background, yeah, like yeah, Cena yeah. in the workout scene. The chewing scene. guy I remember seeing yeah. in there. They're around, but right. they don't, like, do anything. They show up and they level the playing field. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and um, and then they're like, it's all they're all fighting all of a sudden. Like a bat out of hell, literally meatloaf style. <laughs> David Arquette drives in, in on a cop motorcycle it, and a police uniform, and he jumps the twice. ramp. Twice. He does like a, a Mario double jump. Like, yeah. He jumps the ramp, and then like he hits another ramp to go through. But the <laughs> ramp somehow turns in, it turns from a downward ramp to an upward ramp. <laughs> yeah. And then just fought, and it shows his trajectory, and like you said, it like doubles up halfway through, and the cages open before he hits them. Wait <laughs> a end. fucking wait a second. David Arquette so, is back. So in, yeah. in 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 Lusk, Wyoming, they just have rolling uh, 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 police applications happening, where so you mm-hmm. can just go take a test any day of the week, yeah. become a cop instantly. Then he become <laughs> then he drives from. Lost Wyoming to Las fucking Vegas. He shreds the the sleeves <laughs> of the yeah. on a motorcycle. Motorcycle <laughs> past security, yeah. past the back. Yeah. Well, he respawned. All the, he respawned. Yeah. All the lighting yeah. guys. Yeah, it was a, cl- yeah. a classic respawn. This movie uh. is respawns everywhere. Uh, but also, I don't know that he necessarily became a cop. He just took a cop uniform and a motorcycle, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I trying to make some sense. But his it. dad is like celebrating at the end, so well, maybe he's like yeah, he took the cop thing. No, but his dad celebrated. Because that's my boy. He sees his kid kick ass. Yeah. No, but he's he doing that classic. Line. That's my son. That's my no, boy. But yeah. he does have a line where he's like, before he starts watching, he's like, he's like, yeah, my son just started his, uh, or he, he almost lost, he his almost life lost to that. a career or something like that. Or he's, he's talking about career. Yeah. And then the, the one cop was like, it looks like he's starting his career right now. He's right. doing blah blah blah. Right. Right. So anyway, the all it, the whole the playing field level. Which all of a sudden, DDP and and Jimmy the King are now. On the second level yeah. alone. The third level, right? Yeah, the third level yeah. alone. Mono y mano. Real quick, this is a technical thing. Did it bother anyone how quiet the stadium seemed? Yeah. Like, like Diamond Dallas would come out and he oh, was like, bang, bro. and it was like so bro. audible. It yeah. was they, like, for some reason, didn't make it so that it was sold out. There was yeah. like empty oh, yeah. seats. And there was yeah. empty seats. It's it hard to sold. get extras, man. Yeah. 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 What's they the sold out crowd? 15,000 people? You can't get 15,000 extras. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. they were probably winging it. Yeah. And they had to legally, for union law, had to let everyone go. Right, yeah. Like, I'm not even kidding. They probably yeah. had to, like, let all the extras go. But punch up the audio. The, like, the announcers were like, it's electrifying in here. And it sounded like a quiet wedding. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, 
The thing I would say, I, I think DDP was pretty good in this movie. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought he was like a pretty convincing bad guy. He looked like a bad guy. He looks, like you point out, he looks like Kenny Omega now. He looks now. like Kenny Omega, yeah. He looks like yeah, Kenny Omega's dad. Yeah. yeah, he looks like Kenny Omega's dad. Uh, um, and um, so they're up on the top there, and Jimmy the King gets knocked off of the cage, and seemingly it seems like DDP's going to win the title shot, and that'll send Jimmy King... I mean, I, I I guess it'll send him back to the trailer park. I, yeah, I guess respawn. that's why they add the million dollar stipulation, right? Because there's a right. lot of money on the line. Because well, otherwise, there'd be no stakes to this whatsoever. Right? Because like, the guy's a draw. Why? Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why there's no one in the crowd. He's not a draw. <laughs> you know, is it that? It's not that. Deep. It's not that deep. Yeah, you're overthinking this thing. Anyway. But all of a sudden, Sting they, uh, is in the rafters, wind blowing in his hair. I mean, he's and always the, in the rafters, this guy. He's standing next to a zipline. <laughs> as, as per use. As per use. He's next to a zipline, and he's deciding, shit, do I want to get killed by Joey Pants? Do I want this small guy who I could beat the shit out of to try to kill me? Or do I want to do the right thing? Or do I want to seemingly do the right thing, which in this movie is blurry if it's actually right. the right thing. Right. I mean, this guy was a deadbeat. He's like only a couple days back from being a deadbeat. Right. Um, he's still, a, he didn't really make right with his yeah. wife. His kid turned on him. If anything, Joey was in the right. Joey Pants was in the right to fire his yeah. like, left employee. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Sting decides to zip line down and swoop in. A swift kick to the <laughs> <laughs> knocking him off the top of the cage. <laughs> is that when he, is that when he falls through? No, no, nah. no. That's, that's uh, maybe. Right? No, I don't. I don't know. There was like a few hero moments that happened in that yeah. thing where you're like, is this the hero? Nope, they're still going. Right. So. Anyway, they both weasel their way back up to the top, and um, Shams. What happens? Jimmy the King gives a nut shot. Oh yeah. yeah, to DDP, which is like a really not, it's a heel, it's a heel move. That's not the way. So he nut shots him, and then I think that's when he throws him through all three rings. Right. Yeah, he throws him through all three rings, like Killing basically him. a yeah. fatality. Yeah. Yeah. Basically right. knocks him <laughs> down the pit, and then he get, then he gets the belt. He wins which, the belt. Which, by the way, one thing about this this wrestling movie, there was no, not only was there no wrestling in this thing, and all the matches, all the moves were basically just punches in the face, but every match had sixty people in it. I mean, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that. Like, if I was watching this on TV, like, if I was watching that episode of wrestling, I'd be like, this is the worst, the schmaziest Right, it was a clusterfuck. Yeah. Every right. single, even this match was like, it ended with a guy drop kicking someone off a zip line and then someone hitting somebody else in the nuts. It's like, yeah. well, what are, we, what are we watching here, people? By the way, Zig was saying that, like, Rose McGowan's character had no character arc. In the end, she just, like, kind of dies in the ring. He's, like, trying to get her to, yeah, like, she's stay yeah. away. The ladder. And she's oh, hit, yeah. and she literally looks like she dies. She dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She dies. All right, yeah, actually, in the middle of the match, right. mid-match. Yeah. Rose McGowan uh, dies. In the mid-match, yeah, <laughs> David Arquette comes like a bat out of hell, and he gets Rose McGowan super hot. And like Sheb said, she didn't like getting rejected. She right. comes over to David Arquette and wants to get back with him right. for, for, no, for no reason. No reason. Right. And um, all of a sudden, she... David Arquette doesn't get the answer. Scott Khan sees that a ladder is about to hit her in the face and goes like, hey, Rose, like he's such a hero. <laughs> and he's like, hey, hey, hey. And she's like, shut up. I'm talking to David Arquette's yeah. character. Try to fuck David Arquette. Yeah, and all of a sudden she gets bonked. <laughs> she gets bonked to the noggin with the ladder, and then there's a yeah. shot of her just 
the, everything short of just blood coming out right. of her head. Yeah. She gets, yeah, she gets her, her eyes are yeah. dead. She gets, right. her, she gets her nog nog yeah. yeah. Oh no, yeah. she got bonked in the nog. She yeah. just gets, she looks like a lifeless porcelain and doll. <laughs> that's the end of Rose McGowan's story in this movie. Yeah. Let's follow her arc quick, just for fun. Sure. Well, Rose McGowan's arc is that she's a nitro girl. She's not the number one nitro girl, but she's up there. Right. And then in a bid to become the top nitro girl, she fucks Joey Pants. <laughs> and then she becomes yeah. his girlfriend, kind of. Then... She does whatever he wants because he's the boss. In this movie, women are objects. And he says, I want you to fuck this retard. And because that's the only way that I could make sure that this other guy who I fired doesn't, doesn't get trained by an old man. His words, folks, not, not, yeah. right. not Jason. So then she, yeah, this is what Joey Pants' character said. Because they say everything in this movie. Shame. Fair. So then she does fuck this guy. And then he's like, no, 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 no. You're my girlfriend, but keep fucking this guy. And she's like, nah, I'm going home. But actually, she was going to keep fucking him, but then he finds out that she's a rat, and then he dismisses her. Uh. And then, even when it's all said and done, she, she wants to fuck him still. And she gets hit in the head with a ladder, oh, and she yeah. dies. Yeah. I mean, all right, so that's the it's, She gets hit with a ladder. And, um, okay. Throughout the match, they keep cutting to that old woman, too. Because, like, in the 90s, it was, right. just, yeah. it was just funny to get old people yeah. to oh, yeah. say she things. She made a killing on that. And she yeah. was like, hit him like a toothless prostitute on crack. Like, yeah. Just, like, made old women say funny things. Yeah. Not okay. funny things, but, like. Here's the part of the movie that drives me fucking insane. So, Jimmy King wins. I guess he's got a million dollars. Yeah, he's got a mill. He's back in action. He's a champ. His son is laying in the ring. He dead, beat, lifeless. He he beat up his son. Because <laughs> <laughs> fear of your dad is a big theme in this movie, Absolutely. and he didn't have enough fear of his dad. And got to go down. The point of the movie is that fear of your dad is rational and should be healthy. respected. Yeah. It's healthy. Oh, man, I got hiccups. Oh, boy. Anyway, so then <laughs> at the end of the match, they're interviewing him. Goldberg comes up to him and goes, hey, man. <laughs> Uh, I want you to be my tag team partner. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, anyone knows in wrestling, why he's the champion, why would he need a tag team partner? Right. That's a downgrade. Yeah. Like, why would he become a tag team with Goldberg? Uh, and why and wouldn't never. it be, like, on the mic, on camera? Like, it just, as an aside, like, hey, man, you want to be my tag team partner? <laughs> like, yo, Goldberg, <laughs> this guy's the, the champion. Like, yeah. you, you can't make, you can't, like, you're not... Doing him a favor, yeah. right? He's been the he's undefeated champion. He has one loss where the entire roster <laughs> <laughs> beat him up, <laughs> and then he won back the belt. Seemingly <laughs> three days later, I don't know what's the, what's the timeline of this movie. This it's whole movie takes days. place over eighteen hours. <laughs> right? It could be literally one day, or it could be fourteen, like four months. I don't know. I can't God even damn. breathe. It's so funny. <laughs> Goldberg, <laughs> so Goldberg, give like, me the key. Undefeated champion, <laughs> and he's like taking. He lost one time to the whole fucking roster. <laughs> oh my god! He wins it back on his first rematch. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need well, that's, because, that's because I think because uh, Goldberg establishes himself as like a king mark, right? Like when, right. He's, when he's working out, he's like, I looked up to him just like you guys when he was in the fucking NFL, I right. guess. <laughs> when he's on the Bills or whatever. He's like, yeah, look, I'm two years older than Oliver Platt, but I grew up watching him. Just right. like you. They're seeming. Uh, they're the same age. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so then he turns down Goldberg's offer to be his tag partner. Nah, I already got a tag partner. I already partner. got a tag partner, which I thought was going to be his son. No. Oh, I no. thought for a second he was going to be like, yo, 
but no, he's done with his son for life. He's done with that fucking He's done with that guy. He wants the fucking <laughs> He wants this guy. So he goes, David Arquette is my tag partner and Scott Kahn is gonna be my manager. Uh, so all of a sudden now he has a tag partner with no experience. And wow. then um it cut back to the beginning of the movie full circle they're in front of the 7-Eleven right. and it's that same moment but they're wearing the exact same clothes by the way the kids right. are still wearing yeah, the same so I thought it was, that, was was shot in, that was shot in the same day oh I, yes I thought that yeah. yeah I thought that they maybe had like gone back there that's right. to right. just give him his well, comeuppance that's what I think happened I mean, that's, that's like for happened. real like yeah. they went back right. to be like now we're famous and successful we're gonna go back to this old 7-Eleven but to me, it felt jarring. I was like, well, maybe Newman's right. Yeah. Maybe this whole thing was a dream. And now yeah. it's like, snap back to this is like, right. they're just flashing back to reality. That right. would have made more sense to have it later, but it just seemed no, like they flashed back. They left, they, must, they left the venue as soon as the fight was over. Bill <laughs> Goldberg did not have any time to change. This right. is my favorite part about <laughs> still this. still This is my favorite part <laughs> about this. So we come back. <laughs> we have Ahmed Zappa fly. He gets assaulted, thrown through a glass yeah. window, spits out broken glass, and then Bill Goldberg comes. Comes out in a speedo, <laughs> makes him say, "I'm your bitch" or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm your bitch, your bitch pop or something. Yeah, yeah, you're my daddy. daddy. Yeah, yeah, and they they drive off with the Nitro girls in a stretch yeah, apparently the, Hummer. Apparently, the Nitro girls run a taxi service where they take everybody around in a Hummer, in a Hummer with, with a, a hot tub in the back. Oh man! Uh, hey. America's best friend Martin Landau, <laughs> Sal Bandini's in that hot tub yeah. with a couple yeah. with two Nitro girls. Uh, they fucking they fucking hold their noses wanna, and kiss them on the cheek. I want you to keep that last image in mind of Martin Landau in the back of a Hummer in a in a fucking hot tub, and and and, and consider this last bit of trivia, which is that that part that part was supposed to be Jack Palance. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so just replace him with Jack Palance, and it gets a hundred percent better. Yeah. Wow. And that is the end of the movie. It kind of makes ready. It to rumble, cut to the credits, wow. and the credits has a lot of bloopers that feel staged. Yeah, like very fake bloopers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's one blooper that is of that you got to see, which it's it's Oliver Platt, which by the way, and and Macho Man, which doesn't it's not a scene in the movie, but no. maybe there was a version where it was. But no, 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 it is a scene in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that flashback in the beginning. Um, it's yeah, he's because Ahmed establishes- Zappa's tag partner's Mach. But right. David Arquette's tag partner is Jimmy, Jimmy the King. King. Right, we didn't establish that. But um, so uh, Jimmy the King punches Macho Man in the face, like seemingly f- a full, full punch. Right. And then goes, oh shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, it looks really bad, but there's also sound effect in there. And that's the movie, guys. Um, here's the main, this, is, this has to be said. Yeah. This, okay, so the movie was designed to bring, bring back WCW. Now, I'm going to read you these facts, and this is, this is what this movie's mainly known for, and known as one of the biggest mistakes in wrestling history. Yeah. <laughs> for, so for promotional purposes, WCW head writer Vince Russo wrote Ugh. for David Arquette to make many guest appearances and win the WCW world title on an episode of WCW Thunder in 1998. Most people call this the worst move in WCW's <laughs> history and the final nail in the coffin before going out of business in t- 2001. Arquette himself even admitted, even admitted that he thought it was not a good idea, only doing it because Booker Vince Russo kept talking him into it. 
Yeah. Around the time of this movie's release, David Arquette made a string of appearances on WCW. In lieu of spending any of the money paid to him for WCW, David instead chose to give all of his earnings to the family of deceased wrestler Brian Pillman. Hmm. Okay, so this is a fact. <laughs> is that I have such hiccups. <laughs> Fuck. Can I just say David that? Arquette was the world champion. David Arquette, yeah. the actor, held the same fucking title that Ric, Ric Flair, Flair, Hulk Hogan. It is Goldberg. one of the shit stains on the. It's like Dave, Donald Trump being our president. Well, it's equally yeah. as horrifying <laughs> as Donald Trump being our president. Equal ramifications. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's a false equivalency or whatever. But uh, I mean, it's not how that's used. But you know what I mean. Yeah. But, I yeah, I just want to say that. So the total runtime was an hour forty-seven, and we've been talking for an hour and fifty-three minutes about it. Look, <laughs> I could go another hour fifty-three. I could too. I could literally. I would love to do a. Uh, a uh, a scene reading of just the, the the first scene with him and Ahmed Zappa doing the back and forth. Sure, oh, yeah. it's truly some of the worst comedy. Yeah, it's committed bad. to celluloid. It's real bad. Ugh. Um, like, oh god, I mean, every I already I I, I pretty much said everything. Before I have we, more stuff, but David Arquette winning the championship yeah. belt is so it's, it's horrifying. A, it's because a, Vince Russo is a parasite who d is uh, does not belong anywhere near the product. Uh, man, tell it to his podcast. <laughs> oh, man. I've never listened. No, no, me uh, either. All right, cool. Anything? Any? I mean, we've talked about this for a while. That's sure. two uh, hours. One running. question. Any last things you guys wanted to say? Point out about this movie. I just have one question for everybody. You can say yes or no. Yeah. Do you think this movie would have been better if it were WWE? I don't see how it could have been worse. <laughs> okay. So it's, I'm going to say yes. It would have been is, better. Yeah, it would have been. I, I think honestly, this movie is feel. It is so bad. It feels like they went out of their way to make a horrible. Like they they, they made it. It's almost like me. The only logic I can think is that they're gonna make something so bad that it's fun, right? right. And that that is not obtained. They don't get that at all, right? There's a couple things I like. I like uh, like the things I liked about the movie. I like I, I like the shoot fighting. I don't think it was established well, but I like like oh they're in a match but they start right. fighting each other. I like that. I like bringing the screw job in as a main point like right. that is a cool real storyline and and, it, and it, it, I like that I like that they worked in a Stu Hart type character yeah. sure. I think that is cool and I like that they use like real wrestling talent sure right. in the movie but that's it yeah yeah I um, oh and I like that they kind of capture the concept of a mark right yeah like I like that idea right but yeah I think that it was uh Horribly regressive. This is hot garbage. Sure, socially, I think it was regressive even for the time. But more importantly, it was regressive for wrestling. Like mm -hmm. it, it treated wrestling like something that it wasn't in 2000. It looked at it like it was something from the 80s. Right. right. And I found it degrading as a wrestling fan and insulting. And I think that everyone associated with this movie should get a hard nut kick and then thrown through <laughs> three levels of steel cage. Well, it's crazy. It's like <laughs> one and a quarter moves. <laughs> the things that were we were like as kids. Uh, this time we're watching this. Our minds were like sponges at the time. You know, like right. we like this is what we were fed as like comedy right and it's not that far off from other things that we liked Maybe. i mean it is far off but it does fit with the tone like you said nostalgia because you were nostalgic for something there um, right but if you watch like billy madison or, or another movie that has equally right equal amount of like gay jokes and poop jokes and bullshit and like uh misogyny they're more like clever that, they're more clever they're executed well. this was this was poor even for the time yeah, this was like right. yeah. this was regressive and it was also like um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Derivative. It was super derivative, mm. and just it treated nothing with respect. Yeah. Not even its subject matter of wrestling. Yeah, it came that, off as like a little desperate too. Like yeah. Around, especially around the like WCW thing. I guess it's because WCW is failing at the time or whatever. But I think if they had done a better job of like making it more about the like plight of a wrestling fan or like some sort of arc with wrestling fans more around yeah. it, it might have actually stood the test of time a little bit. But now it's just so WCW, WCW focused that it's kind of like. Almost sad in a way, especially because they went out of business right after. Yeah, yeah I mean, it definitely reads as like an hour and a half product placement for WCW. Yeah. But I think if there was like... And for Butterfinger. And yeah, <laughs> Butterfingers too. I think if someone did like an indie version of this, if someone had like, he had like a million and a half dollars to make this movie, you just got like a stacked funny cast, yeah. I think you could do something. If you make like a Detroit Rock Yo, City. But yeah. yeah. I gotta yeah, you tell go. you guys something here. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the writer of this movie is this guy, Stephen Brill. Oh, he's written some trash. Yeah, and Stephen Brill, I know his name right away. Uh, he wrote also Mighty wrote Ducks. Oh. No. That's a good movie. Yeah, he wrote D two Mighty Ducks. Oh. That's, that's a he given. wrote Heavyweights. He wow. wrote D three. Oh, wow. Obviously, oh, I love all those. Uh, he wrote Ready Rumble. He wrote Little Nicky. Wow. Uh, he wrote Sandler. Walk of Shame, but I didn't I see. That, that was recent. But here's the other thing: he's mainly an actor. Uh, he's in Sandy Wexler. He Walk directed of Shame. Sandy Wexler. What is he? Taylor, what, what does he look like? What, what actor is he? I don't recognize that is guy at all. knocked up? I don't recognize him at all either, but he's more of an actor. He's known more, like he's in all the Sandler movies. He's in Joe Dirt, and that's not a Sandler movie, but he's, you know, he's in Batman Returns. Um, this guy's been around. Yeah. Um, he What's was. It? He's in Going bo- Overboard. So he was down with Sandler for day yeah, he's one. down with Sandler yeah. for a long time. Uh, Stephen Brill. Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me. People write bad. Like, I'm telling you, he definitely. Yeah, it sounds like this was like a, a, a spot on an otherwise pretty good career. Mm-hmm. Like a dark spot in an otherwise. And he yeah. took another yeah. sports movie risk. Just the director, on the other hand, is trash. What did he direct? Oh, so that's why I want to look at the director. Oh, he did uh, Norbert. He did, oh, he did uh, Meet Days. No he word. did A Thousand Words. He did all the bad Eddie Murphy movies. Okay. Oh, but no still, Eddie Murphy that. movies, though. That's something. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. Directing trash. He directed, yeah, I'm looking at what he directed here. Oh, these are producer credit. I don't care, producer. Uh, yeah, uh, why am I not getting into the directors? I also, I mean, I, you just said that said them, and I yeah. just want to see if there's anything I like um, or anything. Um, keep going. I don't remember liking this movie when I was younger. I either. never saw it. Oh, yeah. This is my first time watching this movie yeah. ever. He yeah. directed yeah. Varsity Blues. That's a good movie. What? He directed Good Burger. That's a movie. I <laughs> I liked that when I was young. He directed Norbit. Uh, you said that, and he, yeah, not nothing like you know, nothing like anyway. But the writer, I bet that writer could do better work. I bet he was pulled. Anyway, point is, um, it's hard to make stuff good. But this, yeah, whatever. This movie's yeah, yeah. ain't that yeah. hard. They anyway. swung and they missed. <laughs> All right, we're done, right? Yeah, yeah, we, this, I will say this is fun though. I think this is a really fun. Did yeah. you guys have a fun time? Oh, I had yeah. a lot of fun. I had an awesome time. We got a spit that. take out of you, of course. Yeah. yeah. Except for watching the movie. Except for watching the movie, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except for spending four dollars to watch this on Amazon. Absolutely. Four dollars, mm-hmm. bummer, buddy. Anyway, we're gonna do more of these. Give us your feedback uh, on the Comedians Wrestling Facebook page for in the morning. If you are a patron and you like these Patreon episodes, one thing you can do is post on the Facebook page. Tell people these episodes are worth their time and they really like dig it and try to you know uh, tell people you like it. You know, give feedback. Uh, make sure to give us five stars on iTunes and rate and subscribe to the show. Uh, I know it's easy. A lot of people, a lot more, a lot of people listen to the show and don't give us that five stars. It takes that extra second. Gives us it goes a it goes a mile. And uh, if you're a patron, really, thank you so much for supporting the show. I really appreciate it, and I hope you dig uh, 
what we're making. And um, to patrons, I always say, feel free to reach out and pitch episodes or things that you'd like to hear in these bonus episodes. This is where we're trying to do more creative stuff. And I, I, um, you know, people, uh, patrons have been reaching out, and I think that's uh, that's awesome. Gives us ideas and uh, sweet. And um, yeah, everybody, keep watching wrestling. Kisses. What's up, Cow Universe? This is Jacob Levin, a.k.a. the Semitic Superstar. Uh, and I was just thinking about this whole Becky Charlotte thing. And, I mean, I just think Charlotte's going to... This is going to end up bad, not for Becky, but for Charlotte. I mean, like, they're gonna, I think fans are going to kind of end up looking at this like they're kind of Roman Reigns-ing Charlotte. And they're going to start booing her just because of the position that she's put in. And while she's undeniably extremely talented, people wanted to see Becky go over at SummerSlam. And, like, not having that gratification, not having that kind of um, conclusion to the story with Charlotte butting in instead in what, in what was interpreted by everyone, including me, to be a heel move, I think it's just going to be really detrimental to kind of, like, the idea of a babyface Charlotte. So they need to course correct now or they're going to fuck like Charlotte's character for like a while. Like it, it's going to be hard for her to come back from this if they don't change the dynamics of this story pretty quickly. Uh, let me hear your, I mean, that's my thoughts, obviously, and I'm kind of a dumbass. So let me know what you think. Uh, thanks. Bye. What's up, fellow jabronis? It's your boy, Jesus, um, coming at you with an opinion I had. As I got stoned last night, I thought about the upcoming Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And I just got me to think, what happened to them just having the matches during normal pay-per-views? Like, why did we have to go to... I mean, we're trying to ask, like, why did they have to switch over to a full-blown pay-per-view? Why cut when every match isn't a Hell in a Cell? You just have one big Hell in a Cell. Why, though? I don't I don't get it. I, I felt, to me, when I used to watch more wrestling in the Attitude Era, it was more about, um, let's say, a big, a big rivalry. They just yell out, oh, well, they're doing it on the cell, like at, you know, Survivor Series or some shit. What I'm just trying to say is, like, what, why do they, why, why is there, oh, you know, extreme roles and how in the cell? These throwaway pay-per-views, which I feel are throwaway. That's my opinion. But, I mean, whatever. Uh, but, like I'm saying, it's like, what, what's y'all's opinion on it? Because I think it's dumb. I think it's really stupid. Um, that they just have pay-per-view for Hell in a Cell. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think it's really Hell in a Cell. It's just like one or two matches, you know. Oh well. Well, just take it easy, Jabroniacs. I'll see y'all later. Comedians of wrestling. I listen on Thursday when I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.